Boom. All right. Is everybody good to go? Yeah. I think so. How do, how do I get precision kills with two grenade launchers oh and a rocket gosh. launcher in my inventory? I keep meaning to tell, like, this is like the start of uh, Owen's favorite podcast group that he thought was actually John Favreau, the director. Uh, All of the recent episodes, <laughs> they, they only talk about politics, but the guy who starts, one of them, he always just wants to talk about Elden Ring now. So the podcast now, re like, just regularly starts with him talking about his dex build and what how he's approaching an Elden Ring boss. <laughs> and then everybody else in the podcast is like, all right, anyway, so moving on, time for the actual podcast. Hey everybody, uh, welcome back to The Forecast, a bi-weekly podcast about everything games, film, and news. I'm Aaron also Juno. Me. I'm Caleb Juno. Alex, you just... Oh, he wasn't going, every so time. I just skipped him. Every time. I don't every time. remember that we do that. We just do it without you... Okay, I'm yeah, Alex yeah. McCoslin. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm first on the list. You're first, yeah, list. You're first I, on the list. Yeah, it's I'm, literally I'm alphabetical. Are we repeating this? Are we, this is this a run it back kind of ready? moment? Let's run it back. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Forecast, a bi-weekly podcast about everything games, film, and news. I am Aaron Juno. I'm Alex McCoslin. Hey, I'm Caleb Juno. I'm Chad McCoslin. And I am Owen Patterline. Hello, guys, gals, and non-binary pals. Welcome to the podcast. On mm -hmm. today's episode... Thank you for that. Number 169, Tommy Wiseau drops an award-winning film while John Wick 4 maintains the Keonisense and Dungeons & Dragons Honor Among Thieves lands as true neutral in the box office. Plus, PAX East 2023 happened in Boston with limited, booth, limited booths. And of course, we've been playing games. Uh, if you'd like to know more about what we do, you can follow us on our social channels or you can come check out our website at wearethehorizon.com where we have a ton of original content for you to browse through, including our multi-arc Starfinder adventure, the Discord and Signal, which we are moving into our fifth book. Oh, oh, fifth book. <sighs> Getting pumped. Additionally, everything we talk about is pushed into, uh, or is in our cast notes, which is pushed out to whatever podcasting app you are using. Let's get into it. I found a list, guys. I'm kind of excited about this list. Love I found two lists. lists, actually, but one of them I, I couldn't do because it has some good, like, Jake references in it, and mm. I, I can't do it on a week where there's no Jake. It just seems wrong, you know? So, um... I wanted to put together this list or look, read through this list for us, which is 14 board game rules that nobody realizes they're breaking. <laughs> oh, Ooh, no. Is most of these Monopoly? Because I feel well, like there's a lot of Monopoly rules. Here's the thing. Every time we go to PAX or PAX Unplugged or anything where we're playing a new board game for the first time, somebody inevitably says, uh, the, this is the little used rule section. Or we find a rules book and it has a section that's titled rules that you don't necessarily need to know because they probably won't ever come up section or something like that and inevitably we use that yeah we use that a lot don't we every time every time every time i read it so i'm not going to go through all of these but uh, i'm only going to talk about the ones from the games that we have played so if you played the game obviously we'll talk about it if not we'll just skip over it this is the uh 14 board game rules nobody realizes they're breaking number 14 clue importantly in clue you can make an accusation from any room Mm. Hmm. A lot of people who play Clue have think they have to go to the room to make an accusation. 
that's an odd one to include on this list because that's not a rule that you break. You can't break that rule. That true. is well, true. Unless you, you make can... one from a hallway, I guess. That is true. I guess you're not breaking it. You're just <laughs> buying you're, it. You're, you're you're like making the rule more complicated. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, we're arguing semantics now, but still. semantics. Yes, yes, of course. Uh, number thirteen, Gloomhaven. This one makes sense because it actually comes up pretty regularly. Small items in Gloomhaven are limited. Mm. Yep, it's important. If you play Gloomhaven, you can't just be buying a bunch of small items and just using stamina potions and health potions and isn't there a third potion? I think there is. Oh, you power, create power potion. Okay, we're good. Uh, we yeah, follow yeah. that rule. Oh, we yeah. follow it. I'm proud of us. We usually use us. less than we're supposed to be using. Yeah. <laughs> Number twelve, and this might be only for Owen. Magic the Gathering. Uh oh. Players. Which, oh, oh God, which one does everybody fuck up? Do they forget to untap? No, 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 no. Players are not allowed to rearrange their graveyards. Yeah. Wait, people fucking do that? Uh, what? Yeah. What? Wait, what? <laughs> Apparently, people break people that rule do that. all the time. Yeah, yeah, you that. can't do that. There's, there's, there are specific cards that like deal with like whatever card is on top of your graveyard, and so you can't reorganize it. You can, I, I know that you can flick cards out, so that way, like, you can like collate them. I know mm. that's legal, but you, yeah, I know that you cannot mess with the order Every that range. those cards are in. Yeah, shameful. People breaking the rules all the time. Mm-hmm. Number eleven, Uno. I know we've most of us have played this. A draw four card cannot be used at any time. Oh yeah. Early, Most people don't play with that rule. Yeah, right. Because I just play where you can just throw what do you mean, out the like draw off four. Turn? No, 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 no. As in, the only way you can play a draw four is if you do not have a card that is of the color of the previously played oh. card. So you can't just play it Weird. at any point on, like, not any point on your turn, regardless of whether or not. What cards you have in your hand? Even if it's like the right color, you're not allowed to play it. Well, it's only it's it's not a color. A draw four is always wild. the wild. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's odd. I would have think I would think you'd be able to play that. It also is more advantageous to keep your wilds to the end because I mean, then yeah, no matter what it is, you can use it. So like, I probably wouldn't use it if I had another card to use because like, yeah. you want to save it for clutch moments. But unless well, that person so. next to you has one card, that's the thing. If somebody has one card, this is normally what mm. makes Uno never end. Is because you'll toss down a draw four, thinking, "Well, I'm going to give this person four cards." When mm. you may just have the right color in your hand, you or can't you just play that it out against that player. Yeah. Isn't there another rule where you can call somebody out if you think their final card is a wild and they have to draw cards if that is? Oh man, I don't that know. But I need you to look that up. House rule. Maybe I is. think that that's some sort of a rule. I do believe that there's something like that. Uh, number 10, we have Betrayal at Baldur's Gate. This is <laughs> an interesting one. Specifically Omens, Baldur's Gate. Yeah, I don't know why it's specific because, uh, in this case. Uh, omens act just like items. Okay. Sure. That's mm. all right. Well, yeah. Uh huh. I guess be any. because in the in the main one, a lot of the omens say it can't be dropped, traded, or stolen. Maybe that's not the case in Baldur's Gate. In Baldur's Gate, specifically, all of the omens have identical rules as items, so they can all be dropped, mm. traded, or stolen. Weird. Mm. Yeah. Number nine, Monopoly, the game that we all love because it's such a well-written rule set. Free parking doesn't give a player any money. I don't even know what that means. You know, the, you know the free parking I've space not. on a Monopoly board. Sure. Okay. Normally, in theory, I think. 
normally people will when you get money taken from you at jail they put it in a pile and then when you land on free parking you collect the money from the pile from uh, the jail hmm. that is not that is like a house rule that somebody just made up at one point the real rule it's is you just don't get anything good house rule i like that house rule yeah it's a good house rule number eight uh lords of Waterdeep. has anybody played this board game no once <laughs> all right well i'm not, I'm not going to cover that one then <laughs> not important number Sounds seven funny, though. at number seven we have seven wonders Oh, nice. Yeah, okay. What Players cannot use duplicate cards. Oh. Ah? Uh? I don't remember enough about Seven Wonders. Yeah, I played. we played it like that one pack, so I bought it, and then that game never got opened, so... <laughs> Number six, we have Pandemic. I know a lot of us have played a lot of Pandemic. Player yeah. roles are randomized at the start of every game. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Per the rules, you're supposed to randomly deal out a roll, and that's what you get. Which is weird for a game like Pandemic, primarily because some rolls are much better than others. Yeah. And you can get combinations where you just get four bad, like, actual rolls in the game, and then you can't accomplish much, or they overlap. I don't know. Maybe that's just like to make it more dynamically difficult or easier, depending on what rolls you get. When we play, just want to play the role I want to play. Right. Mm -hmm. When we've played the similar games like um, called Forbidden Forest, no, that's not quite right. Forbidden Desert, Forbidden Desert, Forbidden yeah. Desert. We we always take out the terrible one. I think it's like the meteorologist or something, and then randomize the rest mm. because uh, no one wants to play that one. No one wants to play meteorologist. Uh, that's right. I think there would be more replayability that way, mm. the randomization instead of you just jumping oh. to the board game and you just being like, "I'm playing medic this time." I didn't think about Alex that. Cough. You're you're probably <laughs> right because. You, like when you keep playing the same role in that game, you get very used to the mechanics yeah. and it doesn't like when we play pandemic legacy, you don't play your own character. You play everybody's character in the game because that's just <laughs> like everybody's just playing get, everybody's turn. Just get the dispatcher and the medic and then Man, you just clean up the entire board. That sounds like ATO. Man, it's, it's, it's basically the same as ATO. Everybody's playing everybody's turn. Uh, number five, this one's pretty cool. Chess. Do you guys know that there is a move in chess called en passant? Yes. Man. What How did you guys do? know that there's a move called en passant? <laughs> I watched really TV. into chess that one summer. Oh, that's true. Like, I remember this. I've known that since, like, fifth grade. What? Yeah. Okay, my guy. Get on his level. <laughs> Gee, Christmas. I was, in chess club. I was in chess club in fifth grade. Oh, was it do oh, Alex? Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, explain it, Alex. It's uh, when you have a uh, passed pawn, you can move like behind the pawn that passed you and take it still uh, with your pawn. Yes, that's correct. It's weird. It is the only rule of its kind in chess. Like, whereas you would move a piece and then the movement for that piece specifically changes because of a circumstance. Mm. Which is interesting. Uh, number four, we have Diplomacy. I have not played this. I doubt any of us have played this. Cool. Number three, Munchkin. Mm. A game we all uh, game. love to hate. Uh, Probably a rule that fixes it. In the uh, rule book, it encourages players to cheat. What? Oh. Yes. Okay. Yes. Players are encouraged to cheat. Things like, like using abilities that don't apply, equip, equipping items that they shouldn't be able to, or just straight lying about the cards that they have in their hand. What happens if what? somebody calls you out on it? Don't know. It, you're just it like, sorry, says in the book I can cheat. Yep, I don't know. That's why that game is awful. That's just another well, reason. We're just piling on another reason. Okay. I just say I win. 
Yeah. Sorry, yeah. I'm cheating. See? I win. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Weird. I'm cheating. I win. <laughs> uh, number two, uh, we have Coup. I know a couple of us have played Coup. Yeah. Mm -hmm. At least a few uh, times. Uh, the this, the uh, often overlooked rule of Coup is players have to Coup at 10 coins. Mm. You must. Have, you have to go Coup, Coup. Yes. Yeah. Like yes. Very good. game is that? What <laughs> <laughs> game is that? Uh, and last but not least, we have Agricola. Who's played Agricola? Anybody? Nobody. Never okay. even heard of it. Yeah, I hadn't either. I don't know. It looks like a resource management game. Yeah, I know we all love resource management games. Mm. They're, they're our favorite. Anyway, that was... Uh, I guess we probably need to change the title, Caleb, because of the first one, number 14, Clue. It should be 14 board game rules that... You're not playing quite right. Yeah, that's a better way to put it. <laughs> not playing quite right. All right, moving on. Uh, we were talking a little bit about board games, so we should probably talk about some sad news. Uh, Klaus Tuber, who is the inventor of the board game Catan, passed away, um, at, which sucks. His empire is huge. I think Catan is an entry-level game for most board game enthusiasts. Mm -hmm. People move from Monopoly or Sorry to you go over to somebody's house, and they're like, oh, I have this game called Catan. You want to play? Yeah. You play and it's, your, it's, your, it's your gateway. Your it's gateway the normie game. tabletop game. It is. Can I bring more sad news? Oh, oh. Well, oh, there's yeah. more sad news? I don't know if I can handle more sad news. Uh, Bob Lee was stabbed to death in San Francisco. He uh, He's a CEO of uh, Cash App. Oh. oh yeah. Wow. Yeah. Just, uh, that's, some, that's some news for you. And he's a single parent. Jeez. Yep. Yikes. What? How, just like I, on the street? Like they were trying to steal his wallet and he's like, don't stab me. It's all in cash app. <laughs> wow. So wow. Wow, Alex. Alex. I'm sorry. <laughs> so yeah, rightly gosh. so. <laughs> I don't what even We're going to get oh, canceled man. so hard. Uh, yeah. Thanks, Alex. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, Alex. Oh my god. Man, that's that's awful. Um not good news. Well mm -hmm. uh let's move on from bad news then. Because we don't need hey, more power. Wait, 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 does anybody have any more bad news they want to pile on here real quick? Uh, no. I haven't gotten the exotic from the last uh <laughs> the most recent raid. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Caleb, you should Aaron probably did. know that uh, we ran the raid and I got the exotic drop, even though, uh, you know, like the, the triumphs or whatever are what give you like higher percentage chance of actually getting the drop. Wow. Yeah, no. Second second time doing it. I don't have any of the triumphs. Of I course mean, I got it. The same one, that, the same drop that I got? Yeah. No, the, oh, okay. Then whatever. The fire ice shotgun. No. Oh, the brand new one. Oh, the new one. shotgun. Yes, yeah. Okay. The shotgun. Don't worry. I'll get That's the one dumb. you got yeah, soon enough. Oh, okay. Sorry, we jumped I the gun. We'll talk about Destiny about. later. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. All right. On to some films. We should probably talk about Tommy Wiseau and how everything he does is just absolute gold. Everything he touches. Um, yeah, there's I a new movie, Alex. The The last podcast we had officially, we talked about how they're remaking The Room, so this is kind of relevant. Um, Tommy Wiseau is making a new movie. I think it's his second, his second movie, actually. His follow-up to The Room. Thanks, Kyle. It's called Big Shark. Big Shark. What a name. It's got an excellent trailer. <laughs> Does it have anything to do with the ocean? I hope uh, not. Well, Big Shark 
Will, will New Orleans survive Big Shark? That is the question. <laughs> so I don't. Oh my god! I don't know. Yes. I, wow. Will an entire city survive Big Shark? <laughs> is this like a tsunami? Not like hits a megalodon. Then... Just a I think big he's shark. like he's doing the whole thing again, like writing, directing, acting in it. And he's got uh, Mark he... from the room back with him. Oh no! Yeah. <laughs> oh hi, Mark, and then a big shark oh, shows hi, up. Mark. <laughs> It's just like they bought the old um, animatronic Jaws shark, and they're using that for the movie. Man, what's funny is that you watch the trailer, and yeah, it's like a big shark. It's not like a massive shark. It's like a. It's, it's just pretty big. big. It's, pretty it's big not shark. like uh, who, who's who's in that one movie? Is it Jason Statham? Yeah, yeah shark the or... Megalodon or the Meg? Megal- oh, oh yeah, hey, the, the Meg, Meg is a great movie. <laughs> And it's got like a massive shark in it. No, this is just like a pretty. Yeah. It's a pretty, it's a pretty big, big shark. shark. It's just it's just a somewhat it's large, like, shark. bigger than human sized shark. Mm, got you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think I think large shark might have been a better name. <laughs> the trailer is ridiculous. There's just like two people boxing for the for like most of the first half. What? Mm-hmm. And then what? the shark is suddenly in the boxing ring. In like the falls ring? into it, yeah, and then it just cuts away real fast. It's is a weirdly like a... long amount of boxing for the trailer yeah. about Big Shark. Yep. Is this like a is this like a sequel to Sharknado? It's like um, <laughs> you know, like a Cloverfield Lane or whatever, where they're like it's part of the Cloverfield universe, but they don't really like it takes place somewhere else. Maybe this is what Big Shark is. It's just huh, it's, one of the sharks from it's Sharknado. It's obviously a Rocky sequel. Well, it could also be a Rocky sequel. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Uh, also, the the version of the trailer I saw. Like the second half of the video is like a really long commercial for his new underwear line. Yeah. <laughs> the entire second what? half of the trailer. Okay. For Tommy Wiseau sure. underwear. Why? Because Tommy Wiseau. I don't know, man. Ridiculous. You need some Tommy Wiseau underwear, though. Are you guys going to go see it when it comes out? That's yeah. what I really need to know. Mm hmm. That would be fun. That seems like a must-see, right? It would be a fun group experience. I think it would be. Group watch. Yeah, I'm, I'm on board for that. Uh, other things in film world we should probably talk about. John Wick 4 dropped, um, let's see, was that two weekends ago? Yeah, two weeks ago, yep, John Wick 4 came ago. out. Uh, huge box office opening. I think they hit like $250 million. Uh, just recently, they passed $250 million. Have you guys, who all seen this? I know Alex and I have. Has anybody else seen it? Okay. I just want to give you like one quick factoid about this movie. It's 169 minutes long, which is why we're talking about it in this podcast, our 169th (laughs) episode. Uh, Keanu Reeves says exactly 380 words in 103 lines of dialogue. And that is it for the entirety of the movie. Which means he was paid forty thousand dollars per word to act in John Wick Four. Yeah, here's the thing about that statistic, though, because I've seen that floating around the internet, and I'd have to say is that John Wick is more of a physical movie. You know, it there's is. a lot of people it getting is. like thrown down staircases and fight scenes and stuff. So, like, while yeah, he's not saying a lot of words. There's a lot of physicality that he's bringing to the role. So, like... Yeah, he does, you like, know, the majority how, of the stunts how, himself, too. Right. So, so, like, I'm just curious. How, you know, what's what's the breakdown of, you know, like, dollar per bullet shot from him? <laughs> or, or, you know, dollar per probably punch like a dollar. thrown slash taken 
you know i feel like that's kind of like a you gotta look at it in a the dollar. currency of the movie of bullets. Yeah. i really i want them to give a breakdown of like um each word that he spoke because i guarantee you a good percentage of those 380 words was yeah yeah <laughs> it, he was extremely he was extremely early Keanu in this one, even compared to the last three, like, <laughs> like single word dialogue, kind of like a distant stare. <laughs> like he was. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Very Keanu. Man. How, how does it, it compare to the other three movies? It's excellent. Uh, it's yeah. I think Alex read a review at one point. I think it was Alex. So he was talking about how, mm -hmm. um, this is like the best balance of the feel of the first John Wick movie and the mystique of the world that they've been building. They like collided together very well. I think that's yeah. a good description. This movie feels um, just completely like a wild ride the entire time, but it also really leans into the character of John Wick from like the first film. Mm. I, I, it's a it's a fun balance and they do and, an incredible job with like the last several set pieces that are just like back to back to back for the last hour it I, is insane it's essentially one fight for an hour in fact <laughs> you can probably but break they, the movie down they transitioned as like, like like two or three times during it and have like individual set pieces for it but it's still like the same drawn out fight hmm. it's very cool yeah it's it's incredible film. It reminded me a lot of um I think I was talking about this earlier, but it reminded me a lot of um The Raid or The Raid 2. Has those vibes where it's just like basically a constant fight in the movie and mm -hmm. there's an occasional line of dialogue. Or Dread. Dread has that similar feel. Freaking love Dread. Every time I we mean, talk about Raid the Raid. Raid one was just one fight the entire time with like maybe uh as the dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> Not a lot of dialogue in that movie. <laughs> Oh, Lots of though. staring each other down. I wonder Freaking what kitchen his... scene was god tier. Anyways, <laughs> continue. I wonder what his kill count per movie is, because I'm I'm certain that it keeps going up. John Wick? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially there's oh. a counter somewhere. Weirdly enough, um John Wick, the original one, is 77 kills. John Wick chapter two is 128. Parabellum, chapter three, is 94 kills. So they went down and then in the fourth movie it's 140 it says approximately 140 people i'm sure it has something to do with like whether or not he actually killed people dudes, man yeah. he blow up a building and it's like well how many people were in there i'm not sure <laughs> i don't know there are some i think my favorite fight scene or my favorite scene of the entire movie is uh where they're at uh, arc de triomphe in the circle with the cars mm. It is. I don't know how they filmed some of the scenes in that movie. It's very well done. It's a really cool movie. If you were they there, had him, hear... they had him drive that stuff. No, for real. Wow. Like he had to learn how to like pull one eighties and cars and stuff like that. I love it. So I cool. love it. Good movie. Also dropping recently, we should probably talk about this. Honor Among Thieves, Dungeons and Dragons. Honor Among Thieves. Uh, anybody seen this but me? Oh, guys. <laughs> I'm gonna I tell mean, you, I don't know what you want so from often. me, man. Yeah. Um, well, I went once in Boston because we had the day off and it was raining. We didn't have anything else to do. And then I uh, went recently with a group of people on Saturday to the movies. You guys should see this movie. I was yeah. very impressed. I thought it was going to be like a whole Starfinder outing, but, you know. Wow. 
<laughs> F me and Caleb, I guess. Different yeah. group. Different group. Sucks BS, man. Different group of people. Um, this movie delivered. It did a very good job. I really liked the um, really close ties and references to various like mechanics in Dungeons & Dragons, which I was just like the game. I thought it was very funny. The actors carried the movie excellently. The plot was pretty good. Hugh Grant, excellent. Just excellent. Um, man, solid movie. If you like Dungeons & Dragons stuff, if you want to watch something where it's just like fantasy, just fun, just laughing the whole time, solid film. I don't know what it has on Rotten Tomatoes currently. I was going to check that. I've heard nothing. It's been, it's been good. It. It's been good. Okay. I know it opened kind of uh, low. I think they were like 38 million for opening weekend, which is pretty low. But there was also the second week that John Wick was running. I'm certain that they it's still got some viewership pulled from there. But 90% anyway. tomato meter, 94% audience. Heck yeah. Good movie. And, and of most importance for film, releasing this week on the 14th, or I guess next week on the 14th, Suzume? Yeah, I think the English title is just Susan May. Oh, it's, yeah, it seems like it. It's We're just uh, the skip new... Mario like that. <laughs> it's not on here. I don't see Mario on here. Yeah, did you write it in the notes? Hmm. Sorry, sorry. Let me put on here. Hey, it's me, Mario. <laughs> hey, I just you know you're saying you know it's important a movie important to this podcast, and I am being misled. <laughs> I don't so want to talk of, about it because I haven't seen why are it yet. All of these in I don't my know color if I'm too. going to, but like you know, continue with Suzume. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Suzume is the new Makoto Shinkai movie. So if you're a fan of Your Name or Weathering with You or so good five centimeters per second, that kind of stuff. Oh yeah, uh, this is a new one, and it's doing pretty well uh, elsewhere. It looks like. So people seem to be really liking it. I'm really excited for it. Well, I mean, it, box office in Japan was 14.39 billion yen, whatever that equates to. <laughs> whatever that. I think divide like a hundred, and you're around right. <laughs> oh yeah, it says right here, 138.2 most popular million dollars. Billion, this most popular movie of all time. <laughs> <laughs> I I think this movie is supposed to be about like still Tokyo, right? Like the post. I think they're Flooding? somewhere rural, rural. I remember uh, right. I watched the very first teaser, and I haven't watched anything else on it. Cause I'm I like, haven't yeah, watched any because I didn't want to get spoiled on anything. It's gonna be I, something I go see anyway. So I think I think she kisses a chair, but that's uh? I, I don't <laughs> that part. There's something with a door, and it's like in water, standing on its own. I don't know. Yeah. Excellent. Very excited. That'll be on our uh, cultural appreciation night, anyways. So. <laughs> oh, excellent. Yeah. Very excited, very excited. Um, if also, if you've never seen your name, you've never seen Weathering with you, just stop what you're doing right now. Stop listening <laughs> to this podcast. Turn it Put off. Put a piece of paper. Yeah. And then just, and you know, write the letters down, down that form your name. <laughs> also, not a Makoto Shinkai movie, but uh, a silent voice mm. should just, be in the conversation as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Hopefully Susan May will be in that conversation too. We'll find out if it's that good we'll or not. We'll see. I'm excited. I'm very excited. As long as the sky and the raindrops and the ponds yeah. look like they do in the other two movies. Don't even care. Mm. Whatever. Their art is kind of ridiculous. It's, it's insane. So I don't know how they do what they do. It's wild. They literally go take like reference photos of real places and then like draw it photos realistically almost like. Yeah. You see them side by side. It's it's crazy how how close it looks. 
Go watch it. Good anime films. Also, anime things. Important. We should talk about this, too. <laughs> uh, Overwatch, season four. Everybody's disappointed because there's not a Sigma Puri Puri Prisoner, but yeah. there is a Soldier 76 Moomin Rider. There's also a couple other skins from One Punch Man, which are very exciting, like Doomfist being One Punch Man. I don't know who that's else old, is in That's there. old news. Man. Old I know. News. That's not I'm season four. Hey, listen, I'm just, it, I had to have a transition, boys. You want to talk about the Mario movie, actually, and its weird scores that it's getting? All right, fine. Let's talk about Mario weird movie scores. It's Tell me about it, Alex. It's got a 54% on the tomato meter, which is not great. Critics. That's Critics. pretty bad. Audience score, 96%. That's way better. <laughs> what the heck? What's up with that? Everybody loves Chris Pratt, I guess. He's pretty I've great. Seen... That's I've it. seen That's some interviews, and he looked real, real nervous because Chris like, Pratt did. Yeah, I think he's because it's like just the, a meme to make fun of him as Mario. Yeah. Right. I, I think the, the the internet stuff has kind of got to him a little bit, and so he was trying to like, like in one of the interviews, he was like, "Listen, it's not gonna be your Mario, where like you hear like the voice where he says like two words, and it's like the video game, and like you know if you really think about it, there's been like over thirty years of Mario." And we haven't really delved into like who the guy is. And now we're like actually developing a story on it. And so we kind of went a different direction with the voice. Uh, and, uh, you know, you, you just got to watch it to see what we did. We we went a different direction. Yeah. With the voice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm oh, sure man. I'm sure it's fine. Yeah. Like you didn't. Pause who really enough. cares <laughs> if Mario sounds like a caricature? You know, I mean, to to be honest I, with you, well, j- just in my opinion, if I heard like the Mario voice for a two-hour movie, I'd probably just walk <laughs> out of the theater. I'm not gonna lie. It would probably get grading, actually. Probably would after a while. You think the Toad voice is gonna get grading? I mean, I think I, Seth Rogen's Donkey really voice is gonna get. <laughs> the, actually, you know, I like the Toad grading. voice though. I like it. King Michael Key is great. I, I mean, if you think about it, like Sonic's voice is not Sonic's voice from the games. It's, it feels very different. Yeah, his voice. What does Sonic the, sound like in the game? His voice from the even... game is like very childish. It's like, uh huh. Hey, he guys. doesn't even have a. No, he has oh, a voice. Yeah. And yeah, like the, Get out of the here. more recent games, he does talk. Yeah. yeah. I'm thinking like classic Sonic. He just makes yeah. beeps and beeps. Right. <laughs> Basically, Bastion. Yeah, wouldn't you? He does just, just kind of sound like stuff? generic Saturday morning cartoon yeah. voice. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I love, <laughs> I love the Sonic movies. So maybe this will be good with Chris Pratt's voice. I don't know who's this. We'll see. And then we'll see. yeah, the Sonic movie he just sounds like Ben uh, Schwartz. Like yes, yeah. I feel like <laughs> it's gonna be the next great. Nickelback, where everybody's actually going to really enjoy this movie, but they're never gonna time. say they enjoy this movie <laughs> uh, because it's like a meme to hate on the movie. Listen, man, just give it like ten years. Everybody's gonna be like, do you remember when freaking Super Mario Brothers came out, the movie, and it was awesome. I think Keegan Michael Key and Jack Black will carry it anyway, no matter what so. happens. Yeah. Did you know there? Did you know there's an old Mario movie that's like live action? Yes. Know, oh yeah. 90s? Yeah. And we were talking about the name of Luigi. Remember yeah, this? Their, their names are Mario Mario and Luigi Mario because they're the <laughs> Mario Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> so good. So dumb. Would that get on Rotten Tomatoes? <laughs> I'm sure it's very high. I've heard it's, it's a weird movie. Like weird in what way? Just like really poorly like adapted? Like yeah, like unhinged is correct. Oh. Weird. Hmm. 
they're all like real people in it. It's so weird. Right. Mm. We need to watch well, it before we go watch the the new Mario movie. Mm. <laughs> Variety has an article titled Super Mario's Brother Movie Star Seth Rogen calls original 1993 adaptation one of the worst films ever made. <laughs> it's 20, 29% both critic and audience. Uh, yeah, yeah. 1993 original. Okay, maybe we don't need to watch it first. I think yeah. people are being a little too harsh. <laughs> you know what? This should be one of the podcast ideas. Remember how we tried to do like Arrow at one point? Oh, gosh. Do, oh, uh, do a watch Mario. along to the old Mario movie. Watch along to old yeah. Mario, yeah. Yikes. All right, well, is there something I can reference for Mario to transition us into Overwatch since you got <laughs> mad about my anime transition? Uh, Mario's a video game character. Oh, yeah, there you go. So Mario's a video game character, and also another video game that has characters, Overwatch, <laughs> has entered its fourth season, Overwatch 2. a new character. New they're video game a, character. Yeah, they're getting a new one here. Not a new one! <laughs> It'll be this coming Tuesday, the 11th, is when season four starts. And they got Life Weaver. The new uh, support hero. He looks real zesty. Hero. Got some weird abilities. Very, very supporty, not in the healing sense, but in the all the other senses. He Helping seems like allies be more mobile and Yeah. He's gonna is be he like very tactical role, support. He is a healer role. <laughs> okay. He does have a heal, a couple of heals. Got it. He has a, his primary attack is like a heal that you charge up over like a second and a half, two seconds, something like that, and then it does sixty-five healing to the person you aim it at, which feels real bad. Yeah, feel bad. I don't know. It seems slow. Also, you move slower while you're charging it. It seems very terrible to use. His uh, alternate fire. It's not even an alternate fire. It's an alternate weapon. You have to actually weapon swap like Mercy. Oh, really? Um, because they gave him too many abilities, so <laughs> his damage seems good. Thorn volley. It it kind of looks like a like the Halo like needler. Oh, they said um, it fired in a spread in the trailer, but it didn't look like it fired in a spread when I was looking at it up close. It's it's pretty tight. Uh, it doesn't have any damage fall off, and it Dude, does spread oh, out wow. pretty far. So no damage fall off though. Yeah, so at least it spreads far enough to where you're not going to be like murking somebody across the entire map. Mm-hmm. Like you can do peppers pretty well. Yeah, from range. Um, so those are his, his primary abilities. So he's he just seems uh kind of like Kriko, a little bit more damage focused um than a lot of other supports. Hmm. Uh, and then his main abilities are uh pedal platform where he just throws down. A, a flower and then whoever steps on it it'll rise into the air like the like the how the elevators work on the maps that have elevators oh so you can just put that anywhere and give high ground to somebody can also be lifted oh with it. that's kind of cool. step onto it and hop up yeah so this shows some things like you can counter like arissa ult like you throw it under arissa when she's ulting and then it raises her up and she doesn't hit anybody or uh you can counter like Zarya grav by putting it under your team after you've been grabbed, it lifts you out of the grav. Oh, that's okay. cool. Why does Arissa's ult not do damage to everyone underneath her when Reaper <laughs> literally can kill everything in a vertical silo that's like an infinite distance up or down? I actually looked into the Reaper thing. Uh it is a sphere. It's not a it's not a column. 
because I was curious about that as well after I saw Arissa's thing. It's a sphere, huh? Yeah. So the the diameter that he can hit you from the side, he can also hit you that much. Right. right and the diameter is like the size of the entire map, right? <laughs> it is. It is bigger than the animation shows. <laughs> so that is probably why it seems like it hits everywhere. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the pedal platform seems like it's going to be really cool for niche like tactical plays like they they showed like there's a widow on a high ground and you just like throw it near her and your reinhardt goes up and gets her like that has never been possible before but now you can have like a reinhardt attack somebody on high ground mm-hmm. or it's really good for saving yourself in the back line because it has 400 hp and it acts like a barrier so if you throw it underneath yourself and just go up you can kind of hug the middle of it and it's hard to hit you huh um I wonder Other if it'll abilities. lift up, like, teleporter, Sims teleporter. And you can use it's... it as a background teleport. Hmm, after it's already deployed, I'm not, I don't know. You can definitely put it on it once, yeah. once it's up there. Uh, I was seeing people do, like, you lift yourself with the pedal, and then you put a May wall on top of it. Hmm. And then you can get even higher, so you can get over, like, certain walls and stuff. Um... It just seems like it'll be really fun to to mess with. It looks like it has a little momentum, too, that you could jump off. Yeah, it's, a, and it's got um, jump tech at the top of the the lift. So if you jump as you near the, the top of the acceleration, you get like a boost to your jump. Nice. Uh, his other main ability is life grip. This is the one everybody's worried about. You can pull an ally to you. And a lot of people think this is going to be used to troll everybody all the time. Yeah, just environmental kills all the time. Yeah, so you can like pulling a reaper while he's ulting things like that. They tried to work it to where it's going to be hard for you to just pull somebody into a pit. So like if you're next to like the well, for instance, and you pull somebody towards you, it'll put them on the ground next to you. Um, so they've tried to plan for that, but if you do something like like his other ability is rejuvenating dash that's on his shift so he gets like a little basically like a hanzo jump where you can like dash in a direction uh if you like jump out over the well and pull somebody and then dash back on that kills them no problem (laughs) uh if you put like a pedal somewhere and like hover off the side and pull somebody and then destroy the pedal that'll kill him just gonna Uh, jump to the enemy's 180 just pull a dps in with me (laughs) The map that has like the cars that go by, you can easily pull people into the cars. Um, ah. Stuff like that. And then also just like dumb stuff like your monkey's ready to engage. He jumps to try to go to the support backline. He's midair. Back. You just pull him back. You're just like, no, you're not jumping in. Gotcha. Um, Do you feel like that ability is going to be like when people are not trolling going to be useful? Yeah, so it also it, gives them a big barrier, right? Yeah, it makes you invulnerable while you're yeah. being pulled. Mm, okay, so it, it is going to be really good for saving people. It, they've also like they want you to use it for like saving people from being booped or like saving people that are out of oh. position, stuff like that. So they they show a Symmetra get like doom fisted off of a cliff, and then Life Weaver shows up and pulls her back on before she dies. That's um, cool. So that'll that'll be fun if you can land those I wonder if he'll be able to clutch pull, like, moments a gold Orissa that's a good question or something because hmm. she can't 
be and like CC'd. stunned or cc'd yeah removed so i wonder if like while she's ulting or, like people hooked. walk out towards you you can just yank her back to you and she can finish the ult yeah hmm. Hmm. uh the other the other good use for it is somebody flanks you and you you pull a person to you to peel for you so we're like i am dying to this genji please save my life and you <laughs> rip a Reinhardt to you or something, you know? I don't know. I'm, game's cool. I'm sure in random games, it's gonna be people awful. are going to be mad all the time with it. Yeah. And in, in coordinated lobbies, it's going to be really good. Yeah. It'll be great for uh, a pro scene. I already mentioned Rejuvenating Dash. He just he gets like 25 HP when he does his dash. What's the cooldown on that? That's a little, it's, it's like very five seconds. Okay. Yeah, it's it's Not pretty bad. quick. He can he can kind of hop around a bit. Um, and then he has a passive parting gift. When he dies, he drops a, a healing item on the ground. If uh, your ally picks it up, it's 250 HP. It's, it's pretty good. It's pretty good That's heal. That's really good heal. If an enemy picks it up, it's 75 HP. That's a good I really, balance. I really like that enemies can interact with some of his abilities, too. Yeah, it's kind of neat, huh? Yeah. Most of the time, I feel like... Interesting. Uh, a lot of mechanics for healers or just abilities for various heroes in the game in general feel like they're not interactable from the other team. Mm -hmm. It's kind of cool that this balances it both ways. So you got to be like careful on positioning, careful where you're, you know, placing the jump pads or careful where you're dropping this. I guess you can't really be careful where you die because you're not planning on mm -hmm. dying, but um, I can't just wait for the clutch suicide up. plays. Like I can't heal you fast enough. I'm going to go get myself killed <laughs> so you can have this 200 HP. <laughs> you're gonna play him all the time just Probably for that reason worth. Yeah. that'd be so funny well his regular um, heal isn't all that great so you might as well go die right I'm worth more health to you dead than alive <laughs> uh, and then finally his ultimate is tree of life so he sprouts a big tree it's a big old tree it does like an initial burst of like 150 healing I think and then Every second or so, it does like another burst out from the center that does 50 HP. It bursts like eight times and then it goes away. Um, importantly, the tree is like uh, an object, so it can it can block things. It it, it provides cover. Uh, you can like throw it in a doorway and enemies won't be able to get past it. Uh, and it has a thousand HP, so you you can counter it by like burning it down. So it's kind of like a little bit like Bob in that way, except for it's not going to shoot you. Point. It can't hold a point. I don't think. Mm. <laughs> That's good. But it's like a really big area, and it provides like a decent amount of cover. So, does it have like branches that also provide cover from like a Pharah? Uh, yeah, I guess if you're up if you're up high, it does have mm. branches up there. Interesting. Seems good. I, I like his design a lot. He's also like a very pretty boy. Mm -hmm. So that's exciting. He's Thai, uh, right? He is Thai, yes. Pretty fly for a Thai guy. <laughs> First Thai hero. Uh, and then today they announced all the other changes coming with season four, which is like a lot of stuff. The biggest thing is uh, the no, rework to Brig. Does. It's like a lot of stuff. Uh, a brig, brig is, change, huh? Brig is getting her ultimate rework. 
and it sounds absolutely nuts. Do um, tell. Where is she at? Here we go. Rally. She gains 100 restorable armor for the duration of Rally. And that's like instant instead of like slowly building up temporary HP. Also, it's armor instead of temp HP, which is much better. Mm -hmm. uh, she no longer builds uh, temporary HP like her allies. Uh, her rally now upgrades her barrier shield to increase both its size and its health. It goes from 300 HP to 750 HP. And it's like almost the size of a Rhine barrier. Yes! I love it's that. It's so cool. Uh, during rally, shield bash uh, can impact multiple enemies. And what? they brought back they brought back the mini stun during her ult. Okay. So you, All right. So you can like cancel stuff with it. Um, it... Okay. And then they also gave her like slight nerfs. Uh, her bonus movement speed during ult is fifteen percent instead of thirty now, and her range on her repair pack is twenty five meters instead of thirty. Um, but the ult just sounds so much cooler now. Mm -hmm. It's it was kind of boring. Before, I mean, normally, yeah, right? Like, you throw it in order to help out a team fight a little bit. Yeah, it's not or you just interactable. No, not at all. You just throw it and you run in and you just swing mace yeah. to the face, mace to the mace to the mace to the mace to the face. <laughs> yeah, mm. so I mean, that's that's really exciting. I can see a lot of clutch plays where like Reaper ults and then you you ult and immediately shield bash to cancel it or something because you mm -hmm. get your your stun out of your ult, and then you like turn that around into a push with your big big shield health big big shield health it, it'll be fun um yeah. other important changes mercy her guardian angel cooldown is going back to 1.5 seconds instead of 2.5 and they've reverted the double healing uh, under half health thing yes thank you um so they've that kind of garbage. reverted a bunch of stuff they still so they have like a weird change here where they've i think the guardian i think what it means is the guardian angel cooldown goes up if you use one of the the either crouch cancel or the jump cancel out of guardian angel so it's 1.5 seconds if you just hit shift and fly somewhere and then that's it so you can still move around a bunch but if you do like a shift and then control to go up in the air you get like an additional 1.5 seconds added on that's weird that's not gonna feel good i don't know because they wanted the but... cooldown to be longer but people were complaining that it was like like specifically if you like zip in to resurrect somebody your guardian angel is not off cooldown by the time you're done resurrecting mm. with the way it was so you could like zip in, resurrect, and then zip out now with this change. But if you're using the advanced movement mechanics, it's still going to be a longer cooldown. They should have just had res automatically refresh the cooldown. Hmm. Yeah, it'll be it'll be weird. They gave her back her passive healing in Valkyrie and turned her regular healing up just a bit from 45 to 55. And she kept the heal herself percentage of what she's healing so that's probably okay now that's not double healing below 50 percent yeah it was crazy it was like yeah, you, could was... you could pop uh valk and if anybody was under half hp that you're healing you just were invulnerable essentially mm -hmm. you're basically invulnerable just healing anybody below 50 hp yeah percent crazy hard to kill you 
Um, Cassidy's mag grenade went down slightly, 131 damage to 120. Uh, importantly, that means he can't one-tap grenade 200 HP our targets anymore. Yeah. He'd have to, he has to two-tap. That's a excellent decision. Uh, Sombra EMP can disable Blizzard, which Jake's excited about. <laughs> can she? I thought I saw something about her being able to hack Blizzard. Can she, not, can she just hack the? I don't think she can hack it. Okay. I must have seen something. Uh, apparently, she can also take down the tree and the petal, which is hmm. not mentioned here because it's new. But with EMP, it'll take down the tree. Interesting. They they made sleep dart on Anna less effective against tanks specifically which i think is super weird so it does 30 percent less duration on tanks so it's only three and a half seconds on tanks now i'm surprised tanks across the board don't have like a tenacity feature where they just have less cc against them by a flat amount or that is true based amount they used to have that thing where they didn't get bumped as far yeah Um, that's most of the changes to character. Oh, Moira can fade during her ult now. I don't oh. know. I don't know what that means really for Moira what players. Does that cancel her ult? It doesn't. Have to assume. What? <laughs> She's just See, that's, that's she, weird. she can reposition with it. Weird. Is the beam also invisible while she's repositioning? That what? <laughs> yeah, I would assume how it would work is it like turns off while you fade, and then it turns back uh, on when you come out of it. A lot more so. sense, yeah. <laughs> you just uh, fade and you just see this giant beam. He's like, ah, just shoot the base of it. <laughs> the two other big things for season four, they took map pools out for season four, so all the maps yes. are just going to be in now. That's excellent. And they they added a thing called uh, where is it at? And oh, uh, stranded spawn system. So the the moments where like you just spawn in, and then the spawn room switches to farther up the map, and you're like, "crap, I got bad spawn. I'm gonna be a while before I get there, guys." They've kind of fixed that. They've they've made it so you can interact in the spawn room and move up to the the next spawn room. Oh. For like, there's like a grace period between spawn rooms switching that you can do that. That's nice. cool. That, that I feel like should have always been a thing of just being like, "Oh, hey, I'm here, and now we have a a forward spawn." Let me yep. press a button to like move up to the next spawn. I think that just makes it a lot easier to be with your team rather than spending the like several, you know, like at least a solid 30 seconds when that happens. And you're like, all right, I guess I'm just going to walk for a little bit. Don't mind me. <laughs> yeah. We'll get there eventually. I always felt real bad. Do you know yeah. if the same applies to like a defender spawn on a push map? If your spawn gets pushed back? I would assume so. It says spawn rooms uh, that shut down due to capturing or losing an objective while not while now remain partially active. Okay, losing an objective. Uh, while you can't change heroes, you can move to the other one by interacting. Okay, nice. So that's really okay. cool. You're you're right, Caleb. That was the other issue was when you'd like spawn and then the objective got captured and you're like, well, if I leave spawn now, I die. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> my entire like, team's well, at that one. This. It's just me up here near the enemies. Uh, Sigma's the new mythic skin in the battle pass. It looks really cool. Oh no, it's my least favorite of the three mythics. 
Really? Oh, Thank. no. Galactic Emperor Sigma. Sigma, dude. It's sci-fi Sigma. Ah, uh, <laughs> they're bringing me back to Overwatch. <laughs> it's, it's sick. I don't know. Okay. All right. I'm they not going to look at a bunch it yet. Of, they announced a bunch of like cool events and stuff that are going to happen throughout the season. So excited for um, that stuff. Most There's a new community. Yet. I'm just, I'm just curious. Did they announce anything about PVE content? <laughs> you know, Good when one. they said that they were going to do all of this for fucking PVE content, oh, I, I still have yet to see any of that. Mm. Just wondering if I'm ever going to see that in my lifetime, or if this is going to be like a Half-Life Three kind of situation. <laughs> uh, no. No, nothing on that. I mean, currently, I don't know if it was said by somebody if it's just a rumor, but currently we're expecting something oct October, maybe. Yeah. Can't remember if it was a rumor or not either. That's so, Overwatch 3, Owen. Yeah, obviously. Man, could you imagine? Overwatch 3, <laughs> where there's no tanks. Yeah. They like, we're not putting out the PvE piecemeal. We're actually going to save it to release all at once. Also, it's called Overwatch 3 now. <laughs> Overwatch 3 I feel like is when they do a battle royale. They're just they're just biding their time until like battle royales like kind of die down and then they're going to be like, "Hey. Hey guys. Mhm. Mm mm -hmm. Guess what we oh, got? Yeah, look, look what we got. Check it." Mm -hmm. Um, oh, before we hop out of video games, I thought I'd mention uh did you guys know that uh, Dota 2 just got a new hero? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, Muerta. Muerta. She's like a spirit focused uh gunslinger. She looks a lot like um like a Wraith King or a Death Prophet style character. But she oh. I think her cool mechanic is uh that she can shoot ethereal characters. Wow. So Ghost Scepter, yeah, because she does magic damage in her ult, which is really neat. Her anyway. build is is like build an E blade and then you E blade somebody and murder them and through it. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. It's really cool. I was Very really neat. upset because I didn't I didn't know that they added a character like the day that they added her. It took me like a couple weeks to realize that there was a new Dota character. So it's been like, a year I've, since you played Dota. I've really lost it. <laughs> um okay, uh wanted to talk about before we go into what you've been playing lately, just a real quick on PAX East, because we all went to PAX East and for some reason my camera is just really liking to freeze tonight. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> it's just appearing, disappearing. Uh but anyway, PAX East, we all went, or at least a group of us went, not all of us. Um Played some games. It was fun. Not a ton of people at PAX this year. Not a ton of uh, exhibitors. We're still looking at uh, post-COVID, um, like, probably numbers in general. But I just wanted to highlight maybe a couple games that you guys really liked that might be worth um, playing for the group. It was definitely an uptick from last year. Yeah, In terms sure. of, like, booths and stuff like that. Still not pre-COVID levels, but... Um, I, I'm just going to say I walked in the packs, we went down the escalator and we started walking towards the left to start our initial mm -hmm. rounds of the show floor. And the very first game that me and Caleb saw and, and it was just open and we sat down, it's called Robo beat. And I think it was my favorite game that I played. It's up there. All of packs. It's, cool it's game. a, it's a roguelike, uh, shooter that follows like rhythm kind of like, uh, BPM or like a metal hell singer. Um, but it feels really, really good. It feels very crispy. The, the movement and the shooting and, and all that. And, 
Uh, I've messed around with it a bit more. If you join their Discord and ask for access to the demo, they'll send you a key. Um, nice. So you can get that on Steam. Um, and I would encourage checking it out. It's got like a decent amount of content in it right now. It's 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 a lot of fun. Does it get a little harder? Because avoiding all the enemies was pretty easy in the demo levels that we played. Mm, yeah, I did not play the demo levels when I played. So you can go through need? a different door in the demo that I played at PAX that is not the demo levels. And I just kept playing. Like, I think I played through, like, because there's two doors. There's a, well, there's a second door, but there's a door that takes you to the demo specifically for PAX East. And then there's another door you can just go through and just, like, basically play levels of the game. Hmm. So I played for, like, I mean, nobody was behind me. I probably played for, like, 15 minutes. Um, game gets a lot harder. Enemies okay. become more difficult to kill. Uh, there are some shields. There are enemies with tracking bullets. Mm. Uh, I think you really have to be, like, way more mobile. Very fun game, though. I'm not a beat-based game player at all. Mm -mm. Nope. <laughs> uh, other things we saw Only... at PAX East, though? One of the only musicians in our group, not a beat-based player. I don't know what it is, man. That's the only game I've ever played that I felt like the whatever my action was was on the beat. Most of the time when I play, I feel like it is either ahead or behind the beat. Gotta calibrate like, it, my guy. I feel like I can never get it right. This just instantly, the moment I picked up the controller, I felt, I'm in. I was right on the beat. Yeah. It's excellent. Other packs okay. things, though, that you guys liked. Uh, Animal Well was there, which is uh, being published by Donkey's new publishing company, um, Big Mode. It's a Metroidvania, combatless Metroidvania, it seems like so far. Uh, more focused around puzzles and exploration. And it was, I really enjoyed the demo. Yeah, but very it was cool. Like, what, 10 minute demo maybe, max? Yeah. But got to explore a lot of stuff, and it seems, seems really cool. Visuals are very neat. Yeah, uh, very unique looking. Yeah, I'm excited about that game. Uh, I really liked uh, Every Day We Fight, which I thought was pretty cool. Very buggy still, but it's an XCOM-like game that adds some extra components. Uh, one of the most important ones being when you go to shoot an enemy, you go into uh, over-the-shoulder mode, and uh, you shoot them. You actually click the mouse to shoot an enemy, and you pick where you're going to shoot them at, chest, head, arms... It really gives uh, the guy. I mean, they kept saying this all, all the time. They're like player agency, player agency, player agency. <laughs> that's they kept saying in the booth. Um, but that's really what it is. It like you feel like you're constantly in control of the game, even if you set up for Overwatch and there's a reaction. When that reaction occurs, it puts you into again over the shoulder, and you're aiming and shooting while they're kind of slow moving through the map as a part of your Overwatch reaction. Cool game fixes that nasty issue of 95% hit chance with my sniper and they missed three shots in a row. Man, I hate that. Because you just aim at them and you can see the reticle and you can see it's covered up by their body so you know you're going to hit. Regardless. Yeah. Uh, very buggy though. I think it's going to be a while before that game's, that game's ready, but it was, it's really cool. Cool concept. Mm -hmm. Buggy seemed to be a theme at the show floor for some reason. There's a, a handful of games that I played that I managed to break to the point that they had to restart the demo. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, you even saw one one time, Aaron, where I like got a character off the screen somehow in this Metroidvania yeah. I was playing, and it was they were just like off this off the top of the screen somewhere. Don't know how to get them back. It was quite funny. Just walk away from that one. Um, I had a couple others I liked. Vice Undercover. Undercover. <laughs> Undercover. 
It's Vice Undercover, but it's spelled N-D-R-C-V-R for some reason. They just removed all the vowels. It's very funny. Uh, <laughs> weird, really weird, but kind of a unique game where they, they give you like a virtual like Amiga OS computer system and you're going through it like finding data on criminals and passing that back to your supervisors and stuff like that. It's really uh, kind of a neat little point and click adventure type thing. It had good vibes. I don't good know if the gameplay loop is going to be there. Like, but... yeah, I don't know if it'll hold up over like a whole game. <laughs> yeah. It was fun for that, it was you know, fun. 15 minute demo or whatever it was. And hmm. uh, the other thing I saw that I'm like over the moon for is uh, a Corgi's Cozy Hike. Oh my gosh. <laughs> which is basically just directly taking inspiration from a short hike. But you're a little Corgi and you like floating around and traveling up a little mountain and stuff. It's very cute. Traveling up a little mountain. And the developers for uh, for that game put part of the proceeds towards uh, rescuing animals. <gasps> dogs nice. specifically, I believe. But uh, I would I would assume it was dogs. Right. Corgi, so uh-huh. Yeah. It's not like the extremely powerful Capybaras game that puts a <laughs> percentage of their proceeds towards rescuing Capybaras. You ever seen a Capybara this powerful? <laughs> that, that was very funny when he said that. Really that was really funny. <laughs> uh, also wanted to mention a couple other games that we saw there um, that I really liked. Uh, Superfuse. I've been already playing it. Uh, early Access. It is... Um, man, it is a tribute to Diablo 2, except it's uh, basically in space. It's great. It's great. It's very good. Very much like... Mm-hmm. Good game. Um, also, uh, Gigabash was fun. Uh, I don't even know how to describe that game. It, it plays like... Um, what's that game... It's- Rampage. Uh, Rampage, oh, thank it's, you. It's PvP Rampage. Yeah. Mm, yeah. The old PlayStation game. Uh the best, absolute best character. So you you basically pick like, you know, Godzilla, Mecha Godzilla, um basically like a Gundam. Like there's like a whole bunch of different characters. But one of them is concrete. K-O-N-G-K-R-E-T-E. And you're just a giant concrete building. And you just freaking <laughs> slam down on people over and over. It is excellent. You're- your super when you turn on your super and you become an enormous, uh, even bigger building. And when you slam on people, they get stuck um, in you. Okay, that's it's different. Great. There's two different things I finally realized in that game. There is a super, and then there's the orb you can collect to get giant. Oh, Those are two hmm. different things. And the, the one you're the one you're talking about when you slam and you're you're holding people in the building. That's mm-hmm. when you're like you collect the orb or whatever. Mm-hmm. I need you game. guys to understand that a lot of our listeners, the thousands that we have. Uh, yes, they're probably gonna have the same mindset that I just did, where I heard K O N G Crete, and I was like, "All right, so like a stone gorilla." Nope. It's just a building. It's a giant <laughs> building, baby. Awesome. Wild. Uh, any uh, other I mentions? Got a couple more. Um, Wild Frost is a excellent little roguelike deck builder. Um, really cute art style, pretty solid rogue built roguelike deck building mechanics. I'm really excited for it. It comes out in a week, I think. Nice. And then another roguelike deck builder. What? Yeah. Astria six sided oracles. Um, in this one, your deck is made up of dice. So you, you draw dice from your deck and then you roll them before the turn to determine what actions you have for your turn. And, uh, it's, it's really cool. Really neat mechanics in that for building dice different ways. 
that game take took a second to understand. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was very confused for a while. It's it's really complicated right when you start, but then I feel like it comes together pretty easily. Yeah. Um, oh, also, uh, Blackout Protocol. You can uh, sign up for the beta that's op- that's this weekend. I don't think it's an open beta, but you can try to sign up on Steam if you want to if you want to play that game. It's like uh, uh, Alien Swarm, except yep. really hard. <laughs> exciting, very exciting to play that game. Any of you get into the beta for it? I just got my notification I did. today. Yep. Okay. I did. Nice. Pumped. P U M P T. Pumped. Yeah. Pumped. <laughs> All right. Pump up the jam. Let's move off of packs and let's talk about what have you been playing lately? And Owen, I feel like I haven't heard from you in a second, so I'm going to put you first. Oh, oh me? Okay. You just I mix guess. up that. Yeah, I was, I was not prepared. I got to keep people my... on their toes. I, I mean, I, I am... falling asleep over there. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I am the Jonas Brothers right now. I am on my toes. Um... Uh, yeah, okay. So while you guys were having fun at packs in Boston and, you know, doing cool stuff, I was here at home. Uh, which, you know, not bitter at all. Um, (laughs) (laughs) it's fine. Um, yeah, so I ended up playing a bunch of stuff, a bunch of stuff that we've talked about, some stuff we haven't talked about. Uh, so like one of the things uh, that I've recently got into with a bunch of people is we did a couple runs of, uh, um, ATO, uh, across the obelisk. Um, I'm, I, I was never really like a huge fan of that game. Um, mainly like, you know, as I described it to the people I was playing with at the time, I was like, I'll play it with other people. Like, you know, if, if Jake or Caleb was like, yo, we need somebody to come you know, jump on. I'm more than happy to play it, but I would never play it on my own. That was like kind of the thing was like, I, I never saw myself playing that game on my own. Uh, but I had a blast playing it with, uh, everybody. And so I thought it was a really good time and I was really glad. And now I'm upset because we actually like got to the end and beat the boss. And I was like, (laughs) okay, cool. Can we start another run? I want to start another run. Like that was, Mm -hmm. that was good. Just one more. Just one more. How much damage in a single hit to the boss did you do though? Oh, me? Fucking nothing. It was Caleb over here that was, like, the goddamn carry of the entire group because he was healing. It's understandable. How much damage, Caleb? Single single instance. How much? Are we approaching? No, like 500, I think we did last (laughs) single instance. (laughs) Rookie numbers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was I was doing a poison uh, poison build on the lizard guy, so, like, I was Mm. doing, like, 60 a turn, 90 a turn. You know, well, like, and I thought I was build good. Yeah, um, I remember the days. Yeah, I, I am builds. not good at that game. I remember the days when we played ATO with people. <laughs> yeah, I remember the days when I was part of the group <laughs> hey. before Ben came along. We should play. Legitimately, we should play it at night because the new DLC's out. Yeah, the DLC's oh, out. Yeah. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it's to get a- off Destiny. Yeah, it was really funny. <laughs> Do it. Well, it like well, doesn't really mean I get off Destiny. Yeah, you can play it on the side reason why ben was in the group was it was literally like ben and i were like hey the middle of the day everyone else is at work both of us are at home do we want to play something and ben was like what if we played across the obelisk so i started playing with him and then we were like oh hey jake's on maybe we could get jake to join us wait hey caleb's on maybe (laughs) caleb will join us that's i think it was also a free weekend that weekend too Mm, i think you're right legitimately that game you could play while working you just take your turn. Oh yeah. And you just work. I yep. saw Jake was playing it during D and D the other night. Yeah, he was. <laughs> he was. 
Um, I mean, what's... I've played that before while playing Modern Warfare 2. So. Okay. Right, yeah. okay, don't, and don't, still maintaining don't talk top yourself leaderboard. down. Yeah, that's the important part. You played Modern Warfare <laughs> and you were still on the top of the leaderboard. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, the, what was the game we talked about at PAX uh, that was uh, wintry themed? That Wild had. Fast. Yes, Wild Fresh. I forgot to mention, I think I told maybe at least one person this, but when I was talking to the guy about the game mechanics, he was like, do you want to know about it? I'm like, absolutely. Tell me about the game mechanics. What's it like? So he starts describing it, and then he's like, have you ever played, like, Slay the Spire? And I'm like, well, no, not, <laughs> no I haven't played Slay the Spire. I played this other game, though. Is it, uh, is it like Across the Obelisk? He's like, no, I don't, I don't know what that is. I'm like, oh, well, it's oh. like Slay the Spire if there's, like, a mul- if it's, like, multiplayer and all four of you get to play and... It's a really cool game. Does this have multiplayer like that does? He's like, oh no, um, <laughs> no. But but we have like leaderboards. Uh, you can compare how good you are against uh, other people. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, yeah. That's that's what I'm looking for. Thanks, guy. Appreciate it. <laughs> so I I want to backtrack for two seconds. It's not really backtracking too far, but like what we've said, I think could be portrayed as across the obelisk is boring because yeah, you can play be. it during work <laughs> or you can play it during playing other games. Uh, but it is really fun. And uh, it's just you because it's multiplayer. You have a lot of downtime between your turns yeah. that you know you don't have to pay attention too much. Coming from you, that's like high praise for the game because this is not a game you would ever touch, right? Yeah, like th- this is way outside of your spectrum. Yeah, it, I don't. Even for me, it's not a game that I. I mean, I really played much. Funny like this. because Owen speaking saying that he would never play it alone. Like I felt that way until I started playing it alone, and then I'd like <laughs> I've run, I've actually beat like curse i think three or four and i've done like maybe three or four runs by myself i've done challenge runs like it's weird because i would never pick up like slay the spire but for some reason this game yeah maybe because there's that potential of playing with people uh you know i'm into it it just sucks you in i don't know what it is yeah play it for a little bit suddenly you're like i need to play more of this i mean i yeah i brought it to my father-in-law and let me go see if I can find. He's still uh, busy playing Elden Ring, right? Well, it looks like he took a break from Elden Ring to play this for a while. Uh, <laughs> I gotta find his user to see how much time he has in it. You can continue, then I'll just exclaim it later. Okay. Um. So yeah, I've uh, I you know, I'm not good at that game, uh, and I'm also not good at another game that I played and beat, which was Hi-Fi Rush. Mm. I loved <laughs> Hi-Fi Rush. Uh, but I was just, I could, like, I kept calling in all of my, like, buddies to help me out or whatever, like, all of the, the other, like, heroes, and, uh, the game kept yelling at me because I would never get my combos down right because I was too busy calling in everybody to help beat the shit out of whatever, like, enemies were in front of me, um, but I had a good time with it. I understand why people like it. It was pretty solid. Um, I... I feel like the strongest part of the game is at the start. Unfortunately, because they're like, hey, what if we come in with the black keys? And I'm like, oh, yeah, this is Mm. everything that I want. This is so fucking cool. Like, I am sold on this game from beat one. And I was like, all right. And then you get into like, the more kind of like tutorially ish stuff that you're like learning how the game goes and whatever. And it's giving you just like the generic game. Hey, we made this soundtrack and I kind of wish that they had more of a budget or spent more of their budget 
on more songs because there's a definite lull there where it's like, okay, this is just some kind of generic music and it's mm. okay, but it's not like hitting as hard as Black Keys was. And then there's like a Nine Inch Nails song and then I'm like, okay, now we're kind of like getting back into <laughs> like some jams. You know what I learned about uh, me playing this game is that I'm bad at video games. <laughs> um, 3D platformers in general, man, I don't know what it is. I just don't understand where platforms are. <laughs> I'm like, I freaking know it's there. I jump. I, I just go, no, oh, no, I'm dead. No, every time. I can't, yeah. like, I, I don't understand, like, I'm just old, guys. This is what it is. I am the grandpa, the dinosaur of the group, and I'm looking at this boss, and I'm like, I am definitely swinging my axe, my guitar. I'm not hitting him. I don't understand. What is going on? Platformers are like a genre of the past. If you're the old one, you should be good at them. Yeah, but <laughs> I'm clearly not. <laughs> I don't even know what. I don't. I don't know, man. I. I. I was really. I'm just really bad at the game. It's cool. I'm just really not good. I'm not good at it. Plus, Didn't it's you a play, beat-based game. You played Mario Odyssey, right? And you had no problem with that, no. right? No, I did not oh, play that didn't. game. Oh. No, not at all. Mm. I tried. Okay. Didn't like it. No. Okay. Not. Not for him. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, that's you know I was playing that. I also got into playing uh, Forza Horizon Five because hey, Jake talked about Forza Horizon Six, and I was like, all right, let me let me, let me play. I I almost bought four because that's what he was playing. But then I was like, well, all of the newer cars and things are on five, and that's the newest one. Plus, five won like game of the year, and also like uh, accessibility game of the year, or something like that, uh, for the year it was released. And so I wanted to understand all of the um, accessibility options that this game brings. And dear God, it is <laughs> so much, and it is so awesome. Like. Th- it starts the game and it's like, what do you, what do you want your settings to be? And I'm like, okay, it's got like eight different color modes. So you, for, for people that are colorblind, it's got every single thing that you can think of for subtitles. So that way you can make them big, small, change the font, have stuff behind it, not have stuff behind it, change the color of the font, do whatever the hell you want to do with the font. And I was like, all right, this is pretty solid. You can change it so that way you don't have subtitles, but you have a sign language interpreter there signing all of the like. What? Yeah, that's and wild. So I I I always thought that was kind of like weird and slightly like a joke because I was like, oh, how much, how much sign language is in a racing game? But then I like as I was playing it and saw how much story there was, and I was like, oh, there's a fuck ton of talking in this game. I completely <laughs> understand why you would have a sign language interpreter for this game. And I was like, oh, this is just awesome of just like the the amount of stuff that they put in there. And like they didn't have to put any of that in there. But as they said during their acceptance speech for the award of when everybody plays, we all win. And I was like, yeah, I fucking feel that right now. Like this is. This is amazing. This is so much. Um, and also, really it's just cool. like a f- fun racing game. Like, I, I've had so much fun racing the cars around, and I like how it's not... Um, uh, it doesn't feel like you have to have the best car because they match whatever you're racing against with what you're racing with. So you can just be like, hey, I want to race with my beat-up, you know, Ford Escort. And you can just race your Ford Escort, and it'll try to like match you with 
AI, you know, cars that'll be around like that same speed and things. So you don't just get like smoked. Um, and I thought that was really neat. I thought that was really cool. And I was like, okay, like that's again, something that I really appreciated in a racing game because I'm not like the best at them all of the time. And I also didn't feel like I needed to like save up all of the currency and buy like the bestest of cars or have it like, you know, oh, hey, I like this car. Let me soup it up a lot and like make it like super good. Like you do that because you want to, not because you have to. And I thought that was a really like fun way of them building that out and making that happen. Um, so yeah, I mean, if you want a racing game to try out, I would highly recommend it. It's a lot of fun. I've literally just been dicking around in the 2008 Mini Cooper that I just like put up Gosh. to the max because I was yeah, wait, like, why wait. not? Weren't you like, I don't want to get Forza 4 because I want like the new, like crazy cool cars, Forza 5 <laughs> offers. Then you're like, you know what? 2008 <laughs> Mini Cooper. Heck yeah. I, I mean, it has, like, more car options, A. But also, there are newer cars there as well. Like, there was one car that I, like, unlocked uh, through, like, the little, like, loot box system that they have, which is a spinning wheel. But, like, I got this car, and I was like, oh, hey, this is supposed to be, like, a good sports car. Let me try it out. And so I click it for a race, and I'm, and, like, lined up, and I pull the trigger because I'm using my controller. So I pull the trigger to, like, floor it. I don't hear anything and i was like did my game just break and then i was like no my car's moving why where's the sound no the the soundtrack is going and then i realized it's an electric sports car <laughs> and so like the the revved Heck engine yeah. that i'm expecting like that sound that i like I'm, I'm waiting to be there isn't there because it's an electric sports car and i'm like fucking zooming past all of my competition and i was like <laughs> Oh, this is cool as hell. <laughs> I was like, this is kind of neat. I uh, never like knew that there was electric sports cars, but I was like, oh, I guess that would make sense. This is awesome. Uh, side note on electric cars. Uh, if you guys are really interested in like the sounds, there's a really good podcast called 20,000 Hertz. And one of the episodes, he talks about how electric cars, they design and build all of the sounds that you hear inside of them. None of them are no like real. They're all artificial. Huh. Yeah, because it's really it, like crazy. If, if there wasn't, like, an engine sound, it was just, like, too eerie to the driver, so mm -hmm. they had to, like, mimic sounds, so that way people feel comfortable driving it. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I've been playing a lot of that, like, a lot of that game, and I highly recommend it. Uh, I even got Tim to play it for a little bit, and that was fun. It was nice how, like, it the PvP isn't just, like, alright, you two race each other, and whoever wins, wins kind of thing. It's, like, hey, you can race a bunch of bots and they have like a team point system. So like however you do versus the bots, you mm. get different points and stuff. And I was like, okay, this is fun. So I can like, I can still be a little competitive with Tim of like, hey, I crossed the finish line before you did kind of thing. But also we were like having a good time of just like, we were still on the same team. So it wasn't like too much of a feel bad that we were like working together, trying mm. to like score basically. You were like family. <laughs> I was feeling like family, man. Um, loved so I yeah playing playing a shit out of that, and also uh, playing more of uh, Sims Four. Uh, and uh, I got a nice fun little challenge of Sims Four that I'm doing. Of I'm making a very angry chef, uh, and they're gonna open a little <laughs> restaurant. They, Love that. 
I, I, it was very funny because, like, I made this character, and then I was like, yeah, I'll have them be hot-headed. And then I was like, why is this person constantly pissed off and angry? And then I was like, oh, it's because I chose the trait that makes them constantly pissed off and angry. <laughs> like, this makes sense. Uh, so you yeah, like, the kitchen. Right? I, I, basically, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to be somewhere between, um, like, Gordon Ramsay... And like a pissed off Rachel Ray is like what I'm going for. Um, but yeah, so I've been playing a challenge mode of that. I've been doing it a, uh, some of it here on the horizon and some of it over on my own um, Twitch channel. So check that out. And that's cool. everything. Awesome. Alex, what have you been playing? Yeah, so at PAX, I actually played one more thing. It was called Vernal Edge. It is a Metroidvania, and I only played a few minutes of it, but instantly I was like, "Yeah, I'll just I'm I had this on my wish list for a bit on Steam already. I'm just gonna pick it up because it feels really good." And I've been uh, I've been pretty happy with that so far. It's combat is very tight, uh, movement feels great, and um, been a lot of tight games from you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just tight, man. When it's tight, it's tight. There's a lot of movement tech. And knowledge that you can just play around with cool movement stuff um it's i mean it's metroidvania it's got like the areas you can't get to until you get power ups and stuff like that and you go back backtrack and explore and uh i mean combat is i think the main thing that drew me is a lot of fun it's a lot of uh like air juggling or like it, the the system works in that as soon as you break the enemy's poise, you get like a set amount of time to do as much damage as possible to them. Uh, and the better you can like combo them and keep on hitting them, the the longer that meter stays active because it kind of like pauses a bit when you when you hit them. Um, so it's a lot of like throwing them up in the air and then hitting them a bunch. And then they at the end of that combo, they get thrown to the right and you like dash midair and catch them again and like keep on hitting them. It's, it's a lot of that kind of thing. Um, Caleb's been playing it as well. I have. Yeah. I'm kind of playing it side by side sometimes, asking questions where where you've been, where where have you gone? It's got like this overworld that's a. I mean, it's a 2D like pixel art game, but for some reason the overworld is like low poly 3D, and you like fly a ship around to these islands. Yeah, why not? It's kind of like Kingdom Hearts flying around in a gummy ship almost. Um, so besides that being like a weird art choice, it's, uh, it's interesting. It lets you like mark the different islands with different colors. So I've been assigning colors to mean certain things and then marking them. So like if I marked something yellow, it means that I think I'm not done with that area. There's like something there I can't get at yet. Or if I mark something like dark blue, that means I think it's completely done from what I can tell. Um, it's got good systems like that. Uh, I wish they would give you a map for every area quicker than they do. Yeah. Uh, but it's... there is like maps that you have to find in the area before you can see where you're going, essentially. Yeah, if you just happen to miss one, it can be pretty frustrating to explore an area without it. One of my favorite things, the main character is just a crazed, violent lunatic. And it's hilarious in every conversation. It's great. No, like it's not a lot of backstory for the character. They're just kind of crazy. 
it's uh, very funny sometimes too because your character can't read and you would keep on finding things that is like books or letters or something and you go like oh what's this and you interact with it and it just says can't read every time <laughs> can't read and it gets you know. so often you're like, like oh what's oh. the sign doing here can't read oh right can't i can't read freaking a <laughs> oh yeah forgot i didn't learn that uh i i would recommend it though it's it's been a lot of fun so far mm-hmm. um speaking of other things i've played with caleb there's a game called the past within that we played the other night a uh, pretty short little two-player co-op puzzle game um pretty similar there was another one we played a while back that had the same system where you don't actually have to connect to each other's games to play it together you just have to like tell the game i am playing this role they are playing that role and like you have to communicate to each other to progress but that's just... one where, where one of you is blind and one of you can't hear or something like that i don't remember that i don't remember that either i know what you're talking about what is the name of that game Shoot. Uh, i think i tried playing it with caleb at one point and i was like I think we stopped after a while. <laughs> so it wasn't that great. That. It's but... hard to play games with Caleb. This wow. one this one you have one person in the past and one person in the future. And you have That's to dope. tell each other things that only your side has access to that information in order to let them progress. So that's that's the mechanics of how it works without you actually having to connect to each other. Mm-hmm. Um it's a lot of fun. It's it's like an hour long to get through it one way and then they actually have a a way you can change the solutions to the puzzles and then play through it from the other perspective so it took us like two hours to play through it both ways mm-hmm. it's pretty cool the person in the future like has a cube that they can look around on all the different sides and there's a bunch of things to solve on it sort of like the room if you yeah. play that where it's like a puzzle box on a table and there's like oh. different things to manipulate around it love the room and the uh, person in the past is doing like a 2D puzzle game where they're in a room and they can like turn to see the different sides and there's different things on the walls and such. I just want to throw this out there. Alex and Caleb have in fact played Blind Trust, which is the game that Blind I was talking Trust. about. There we go. Blind Trust. Oh, Blind uh, Trust. I remember it. I know what you're talking about, Chad. Don't remember. Yep. Yeah, it was in 2016 that it came out. Cooperative experience where deaf leads blind on Fantasy Island, navigating using only 3D sound as the blind, leading the oracle of magical sound beacons as the deaf. Well, that sounds vaguely familiar. I must not like it that much. <laughs> well, uh, one player if... has a black screen the entire time, so I'm sure you guys <laughs> really enjoy it too much. <laughs> uh, lastly, I just want to talk about Diablo 4, because that beta happened since the last time that we've been on this podcast, and I put probably like 10 hours into it. Um, There's tons and tons of impressions across the internet already, but I just want to say I think it's really good. I didn't get to play all the classes. I know there's a lot of issues with like... uh, the some of being them, and... yeah, like some of them being very overtuned compared to other ones. Um, the uh, what's what's the guy called the druid or whatever that can turn into the bear? Apparently, like his lightning storm does like seventeen damage. Has been the the meme, which is like <laughs> which is nothing. Like he takes so much 
resources to do anything with. It's just way, way harder to play him compared to like the sorcerer. Um, I played the rogue though. I think the rogue is in a really good spot somewhere in the middle where I didn't feel like I was overpowered and I didn't feel like I was underpowered. I I definitely played a more ranged focus build. I was using bows and crossbows a lot. And I had a really good time with like uh setting up traps and routing enemies into that kind of thing. Um poison traps, frost traps, things like that, and then just like bursting down groups after I corralled them into that that sort of thing. That that gameplay loop was a lot of fun to me. Um I think that the system's like playing in, COD zombies. A little <laughs> bit. I mean, it's a little bit like you you go around the room, corral everybody up, and then like set up your damage traps and and your slowdowns on a choke point. Rally them all into it, arrow them down. Um, and it's it it starts off right at the beginning where you can choose like world tier one or two. It's basically just difficulty levels. Um. And world tier two seems like pretty pretty all right, like in terms of difficulty. Like I had to make sure I was managing my cooldowns and uh the health pot system I think is incredibly cool in this game compared to other ARPGs. Um traditional Diablo, you just get like stacks of like a hundred potions or whatever, and you just like chugging potions whenever you need them. This game you you get a limited number, almost like an Estus flask, I guess but it's way more flexible than Estus Flask. Mm. So like you start off, you have like three potions and they heal like a certain amount and then uh, instantly and then a certain amount over time. And if you use those three, you're done. If you kill certain enemies, they have a chance to drop more so you can pick some up, but you can never carry more than the three max. I like that. So, and then you can like, as you level up, there was quests to improve your potion so I eventually got to the point where I could hold like five and they healed a lot more. Um, but it makes it so like you get to the end of a dungeon, you're in a boss room. You have to manage when you're going to use those very specifically. And I think it's it's way more interesting of a system than just like having an inventory full of potions. You're, you're sucking down. Um, they also like a lot of the bosses are built so that they have certain break points where they'll drop more potions for you. And you can be like on your last potion and you're like, oh no, if I take another hit, I'm going to go down. And then you just barely get them through that, that damage threshold and you get like another set of potions. You're like, oh yes. Okay. Now I can, I can hold out a bit longer. That's a cool mechanic. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was really well done. It is a general issue with games like that, where you're just constantly just mashing heal potions until you run out and then you town portal scroll back, you go buy a whole bunch more and come right back to the fight. Yeah. It's almost <laughs> like a useless, like... Like they should just give you infinite at that point because it's like you're never going to be at a point where you can't afford them or like you're going to run out or something. But yeah, mm -hmm. I don't know. It's weird. It also means that they can like tune the difficulty of certain fights around knowing specifically this is how much healing you're going to have available to you. So I think that's really important. Yeah. Um. And then like the legendary systems i think are going to be pretty cool later on there's there's like systems for being able to take the special properties from legendaries off of those and putting them on different items so i think that's going to be, end up being a really important build crafting uh situation and then just the general skill tree i think is pretty interesting it's 
it's kind of works where you start off, you get like a basic skill that doesn't cost any resource and you have to put a certain number of points into that area of the tree before you can get like access to like your mana user. And then you put a certain number of points in that part of the tree before you get access to like uh, some sort of like tactical skill or movement skill or like a, you know, elemental skill or something like that. So there's like different branches of the tree and it's almost like the, the destiny artifact where you have to have applied a certain number of points at the beginning before you can get to the more interesting things. And it seems pretty flexible about letting you rearrange where those points are going to go. Uh, as far as I played up to, so it like lets you at any time, or it's like a minor cost. It, yeah, it's so it's like free up to level fifteen, and then it starts charging a bit of gold after that. Gotcha. And you can either you can like wipe the entire tree and start fresh, or you can just like take specific points out from places and reallocate them. But you still always have to make sure you have enough towards the start of it right. to be able to fill the end. Um. Those systems are always interesting. Same with ATO, right? Like where you have the perk trees where you have to make sure you get points in the beginning before you can get to like the good stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and that can completely change how you play your character too. Cause you only have like four skill slots and a basic ability that you can equip at any time. Yeah. I don't know. I'm excited. I was more, telling more to uh... say when it comes out for real. I was telling Alex, uh, I was looking earlier today, and somebody has already published an article titled, uh, When Does Diablo 4 Early Access Start? It's like freaking two months till that game launches. And yet, <laughs> yeah. people are already like, hey, it's 2 a.m. Central Standard Time. You could be playing Diablo 4 on June 2nd. <laughs> I don't yep. know why. Yep. Ridiculous. Um, I just wanted to talk just a... a Quick one more note uh, from me um, on what I've been playing. Superfuse, uh, just because we've been talking about Diablo stuff, I figured I'd put myself right behind Alex here. Um, this game is kind of a love letter to Diablo 2. Uh, it has all of the basic gameplay mechanics, uh, level design mechanics, um, even town mechanics. A lot of it is very similar to what you would experience playing Diablo 2, except that it's reskinned to be in this cybernetic futuristic uh space you, it's, it's an asteroid essentially you're in what's called eros town and uh you're kind of exploring and killing these mm, somehow changed altered undead creatures that have just started showing up outside of the town so you're kind of again the the classic loop of uh you're following doing these maybe side quests but you're also following the sort of main storyline and working your way through all of these various dungeons um, it also has the same, just freaking mash the heal button, stack as many potions as you possibly can, uh, loot, same loot system. The interesting thing I really like about this game is the way they manage and deal with, um, skills. I think it's really cool. So you have what are called fuses and as you, uh, as you level up, uh, you kind of get this, uh, sort of helix, uh, that you start selecting skills on. And you can kind of modify those skills slightly. So maybe you give some, like, give yourself a little bit more resistance or give one of your skills a little bit more uh, damage in whatever type it is. For instance, I'm playing a um, Ice Elementalist, which is essentially just a sorceress from Diablo. Um, but you can kind of modify the way those skills work. But the important part is you can go into that specific skill and then add fuses to it. 
Uh, and when you do that, you can modify the way the skill works. So for instance, you can change the skill. Like I have one skill that just shoots a shard of ice and deals damage and penetrates targets. I can change that skill with a fuse to make it split or make it mirror and shoot the same thing behind me that shoots in front of me or speed up the rate at which it's fired, the speed at which it comes out. Uh, like there's a whole bunch of like small adjustments you can make to each of these abilities. But the important part is it's like, it's like cybernetics. You can only connect so many fuses to your body at one point and it's not per skill. So maybe you get like 25 fuse slots and you can connect fuses to upgrade your skills, but you can do that in any, like you can stack them all on one ability or you can stack them on different abilities and kind of spread it out across your character. So you have four different abilities with all of these different variances to them. Um, there is like a, almost like a hexagon that's the limitation of how you can place your fuses and all of these fuses have a different hex layout so if in within that hexagon right there's maybe like 50 hexes and they're all touching one another and you have to figure out how you can connect these fuses in a way that lets you use all of them so you can modify the skill i think it's really cool it makes being able to micro adjust your abilities, you know, fun and try to figure out what's the best mechanic for an approach to combat versus just, all right, I'm going to left click and then I'm going to right click smite and then I'm going to left click. And then no, it's just, there's some adjustments to that. And I really think that's really cool. Um, the game early access right now, the campaign is there entirely. <laughs> I think it's like eight hours. Um, they are adding some like post game content already and expanding upon like the uh, monsters because a lot of them are very similar right now. And the level design is pretty open instead of having a lot more um, tight corridors for you to fight through. So I think they're reducing some of those, but in general plays well, feels good. Uh, the world building is really neat. The skill-based, you know, changes are, are really cool. I'm excited to see where it goes. And for 25 bucks, not, not a bad, bad price tag. Mm. So very excited. So I'm excited to see where they're headed with it. Um, Chad, do I even need to ask what you've been playing lately? I mean, I think we all know. Might. I think I think everyone knows. Even our list, our our, our I don't thousands think they of listeners. do though, because I, I honestly like transparently, I haven't been playing that much. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, okay, so let's put it into perspective. All right, so we played Root of Nightmares. Did we actually talk? Was did we? talk about Root of Nightmares yet? Like, was that something that... profile. Destiny 2. All like that. Recent we have activity, 144.6 the... hours in the past two weeks. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, That's almost two, two full-time jobs worth. Almost. <laughs> I mean, arguably there is times where here, here I will have this game up and I will walk away from it without uh -huh, closing it. Uh -huh, so there's like uh -huh. some... There's some, some hour farming there that's that shouldn't be there uh, have we since the the raid been on a podcast and talked no, about the raid we haven't yeah okay well root of nightmares came well first of all life all came out i think we talked about life all because yeah that was at yeah. least you know yeah. a thing um i actually had a question mast. today which because uh i i have been playing through the campaign on my warlock um to, i'm trying to get red border guns uh in in neomuna and one of the ways is to actually like go through the campaign all three times to guarantee red borders on pretty much all the weapons. Mm. Um, and then after that, you can farm the gold patrols. But anyways, uh, I got to the end, and my question was, um, can someone explain to me how the radial mast can't be killed by conventional weapons, quote-unquote, uh, 
but Rohan exploding, which is essentially a rocket launcher or a grenade launcher or some sort of missile, uh, does not does the trick. Like, how is that not a con- also a conventional weapon? Um, so I, I think that right there to a T just kind of defines what the story of uh, Lifefall was. And um, yeah, that's that's my feelings on Lifefall. But also, other than you're, that, you're trying to get the radio mast for so long or get to it and blow it up. And then you finally blow it up and it's like, oh, the witness doesn't really need it, actually. He's fine. You <laughs> <laughs> can do it anyway. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> There's also the very first mission. Alex and I ran that a couple times last night um, because we were trying to get, well, we went through on Legendary twice and then we went through on Master. Uh, I actually think Master was pretty freaking easy. Um comparatively to a lot of the other master stuff but there's one line that your ghost says where it's like should we be back protecting the citizens and the traveler and i'm like thinking to myself you just like you obviously we didn't but us as the player just witnessed uh guardians and ghosts getting sliced in half Mm -hmm. by the witness so like no we shouldn't be back there protecting that we should be trying to stop the witness at all costs uh but still fails in the end anyways I have been playing Destiny 2, if you guys haven't caught on yet. But um, that same scene, there is something curious about it that we discovered also. He asks, like, should should did we make the right decision following Osiris, or should we have been back at Earth? And then Osiris pipes in, and he's like, you, we gotta get the witness, guys. You can't be back at Earth. And I was like, I didn't think we were talking to him. And then <laughs> later, the ghost says something about Osiris again, but he doesn't hear that part for some reason. It's just yeah. like conveniently at certain times Osiris could just hear what we were saying. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we're just like, is, is Osiris just, just, you know, eavesdropping? And then the ghost is like, you know, Osiris is just, he's, he's been alone. He does everything lone wolf style now. And, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm worried about him. And then Osiris says nothing. Oh, so yeah, because I like, reference we... Segura dying, yeah. And Osiris <laughs> doesn't say anything. Turn the mic off or something? Like, what's going on here? <laughs> um, you could hear us before, though. Yeah. So, I have been playing some Destiny. Root of Nightmares came out. We all tried competitive mode. We got all the way to the end. Got to the last boss. And then we had to call it quits. Uh, the, the dude just moved too sporadically. He was... Mm-hmm. Uh, the fight, all things, like, comparatively to all other raids, is kind of lacking. Um, I really think that the mechanics of like connect the dots and stuff like that is, is kind of cool, but I also think that like the damage phase is just kind of meh. We were talking about the final boss last night too. When we did it in contest mode, I don't know what the deal was. We could not hit that man. They, did they, it. A hot fix. They yeah. changed his movement mechanics. I was oh, really? on the podcast, and, yeah. and there was a hot fix to where his mechanics, I mean, his movements aren't as God, sporadic. Because we did rockets again during that one with the five man, and it yeah. was fine. Like, I could hit my rockets. Yeah. Like, we did decent damage. I mean, I know it was normal mode, yeah. but. I, I never, I think we never really got good damage phases when we th- went through contest mode and everybody got tired. So it was pretty much like a, a wash towards the end. Um, I went through and tried to do it with some randoms and it was still tough we did thunderlords uh divinity and you just you just had to be perfect on like like you use up a revive in the beginning you pretty much just wipe like it was it was tough so Mm. um i think all in all though the the raid 
was kind of decent. Um, I think there are better raids out there. Uh, mm. My personal favorite uh, is King's Fall. Um, Last Wish is also really cool, but uh, King's Fall is one of my favorites just because I, I think the way that they handle the mechanics in that one is, is very, it flows very nicely. Um, the only one that I would say there isn't much flow to is uh, Golgoroth or whatever, however you say that guy's name. Um, yeah. I feel like that one's very finicky. Uh, standing in the pool, the damage, like how he stands, he he doesn't, sometimes he doesn't move correctly, like his leg blocks sometimes, and um, oh, he's he's the only boss in that raid that I'm just like, eh. Everybody else is really cool, like War Priest. How you have to like all group up to damage under the bubble. You have to kill the guys and keep bringing the deals to him. It's really cool. Um, but yeah, I uh I went through Root of Nightmares again. Uh, t- on Tuesday, I've semi started a uh, maybe a series of. Uh, Sherpaing, uh, because I think it's kind of think there's a lacking in the Destiny community. I, every single time I go in the LFGs, uh, it's know what to do, know what to do, speed run, know what to do, and so it's just like, bro, the 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 reason we play video games is to have fun, and you're you're like gatekeeping a ton of people. So, um, just I've, it's funny you say that because the guys that we're playing with, when you're like, hey, uh, so does anybody want to do this mechanic? Just dead silence. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, okay. I mean. We when it was six, the six of us and like Matt joined us the la- the freaking soul. I we I think we forced them to do the mechanics a little more, and I think that was good. Um, I don't think you have a choice in King's Fall. Yeah, you really don't. Um, yeah, you get randomed into mechanics again. Yeah. This is this is one of the issues I think with Root of Nightmares is like two of us could go do literally the all of the mechanics for the entire game, and then everybody yeah. else can just add clear, and that's yeah. it. You can okay, you that, can make the that first um, section knowing the tormentor. Uh, yeah, I was, I was about to say that. It's so dumb. Like, has anybody told Caleb about that yet? I don't think so, but I can explain it. Um, so the first section, uh, it, you're basically just connecting the dots, and what this is is there's you know three different or four different sections of uh, plates with spheres on them, and uh, what you were doing is you were standing within the aura of the sphere, and you were shooting the little sphere and connecting it to a black node, and that forms into uh, another sphere, a uh, white sphere, and it's it, you're basically connecting all lights. It's it's never dark. It's all it's all lights uh, throughout the raid. There's dark and light that you can uh, potentially come across, but this this first phase, you're just connecting light nodes to light nodes. Um, wh- how we've originally done it is we've had like five runners, pretty much all of us running at the same time, and like ad clearing and stuff. Uh, in each phase, we would just you know have group one go out, then group two go out, and we would connect very quickly. Um, within the 30 seconds that it gives us before the white phase. Uh, after looking for group and uh, doing a teaching raid and having somebody who I've never experienced, uh, somebody who has as much knowledge of lore as this kid, uh, joined our group, and he taught us that if you kill the two scions that spawn, a tormentor will spawn. And when that tormentor spawns, you kill that tormentor, it gives you 30 more seconds. So... Oh. You pretty much could just have one runner. Everybody else uh, is sitting there, um, beating on the at the enemy's ad clearing, and then killing the scions, and then killing the tormentor. Now you would think, all right, cool, thirty more seconds. That's all you get. The scions keep respawning. Oh, so you pretty much just 
have You're a free pass at that section. Time. Yeah. The moment mm. we decided to swap from trying to have multiple people chained together to do this to just me doing it, we did it on the first try. Yeah. Wow. Yep. So. Because you just had um, infinite time, basically. Yeah. Right. That's, and you, that's don't, you don't have to rely on communication at all. Yeah. It like literally the takes only, away the whole concept of a raid, which is the only communication is where's the scions? Okay, I got the second scion. All right, where's the tormentor? Hmm. And uh, honestly, there's there's two things that spawn. There's a barrier champ and there's a tormentor. So wherever the barrier champ is, the opposite location is where the tormentor is. So you just call out barrier left or right, and then or tormentor left or right, and then boom, everybody goes there, kills them, and that's mm-hmm. it. You just Man. get through that encounter. It just like to me, that's what makes this raid so much. Or, or so lacking in comparison because if you think about like king's fall or you think about last wish you cannot complete a raid with one or two people doing all the mechanics in those two raids it is there's just yeah, no way you think, like you think about totems you could potentially do two people per side and one ad clear potentially it's you're very tight on time uh but you could do it uh yeah. but you basically have all three people running the totems uh route each on each side so uh, go ahead no I, I was just gonna say that the reason i like remember when we first played this and people were like easiest raid ever blah blah blah, blah and we were like really mad because it was it was difficult for us like we didn't yeah. we weren't effective at it i don't think they meant that it, like it's com- like it it was easy to get through like the enemies were easy the boss encounters were easy. i think what they meant was they're like basically lacking in mechanics in this mm-hmm. and it's easy because it's like super approachable and easy to solve not necessarily yeah. that it's like simple well, let's think about the second encounter, right? We were doing it where there were two runners per side. And actually, were you you guys are doing three, correct? Alex, Aaron, and not Alex, Caleb, and Jake. Yeah, you three were three. Okay, mm-hmm. so basically three runners. Um, now that leaves like no ad clears, right? Mm-hmm. So, so there's a potential for the ads to kind of over infest that location, especially on a competitive uh, run. There's the enemies hit pretty hard, so if you leave too many, it's going to be real rough. Um, what we did last night and after I've run through this, you know, the LFG group, uh, we had Aaron and I running and that was it. I was on light side. He was on dark side. And what we would do is I would pick up light, jump across. He would pick up dark, jump across. Now we activate those run back to our, uh, I would go dark. So I'm shifting Mm -hmm. from light to dark. He's shifting from dark to light. And then we would do two more nodes or activate Easy. another node and then jump back across. And then it, it basically the entire time, the sides were cleared from ads. There was mm. no ads at all. Um, yeah. So I, assuming that people figured that out during the competitive uh, raid, that that's super simple. And Honestly, it, if I'd have just done a chart, <laughs> I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I didn't use the spread. I didn't use the spreadsheet. I, I thought about like mentioning we could like, do both sides the same person could do both sides help helping the other side out but i, yeah, yeah, I thought yeah. it would be too complex at the time so i just left it yeah turns out it's like way freaking yeah, easier, way to easier. Yeah. planets doesn't Aaron's change also being really stubborn about charts too at the time <laughs> <laughs> planets like, doesn't no, change really um it. from what we've discovered i mean it's it's still one two three and then we added four five six so that we don't cross numbers uh, mm-hmm. So the top half only calls out four, five, six, and the bottom half only calls out one, two, three. I, I d- the only thing that I, I saw differently is, um, say he's light, we and we touched a light plate, 
we go to the water in the middle. You don't have to keep standing in the aura. You uh, you get seven seconds of that aura regardless. So once you touch it, you go to the middle, count three, two, one. That's when the day, like as soon as you start shooting, that's when his damage phase starts. Oh. And there's a certain amount of timer for him. Um, and then after that, you go touch another plate, go back to the middle, three, two, one, start shooting again. And we got him pretty free. Oh. We, we almost, we got him, what, two phase? Two phase. Yep. Yeah, we two phased him on that. And you don't um, need to keep getting the buff again? Nope. Yeah, you only need it one well, time because the damage phase is only like five seconds max. Right. Mm -hmm. So, like, the light is five seconds, then it's dark, five seconds, then it's light again, five seconds. So, you touch gotcha. all three plates, three, two, one, shoot, you know, every time. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and like I said, the rest of the stuff is, is fine. The, the cool thing is, if, say, the top doesn't swap their planets and we have to go two rounds. Um, their numbers never switch. So if they were able to see their numbers, they just weren't able to switch their numbers. It just never switches. So if it was like four and five, the next round it's going to be four and five. That so, makes sense. You know, yeah. So it's just there's so much simplicity that's that's added on to this after playing it for a little bit. Nezrak, I mean, he's Nezrak. We did him a lot, <laughs> and we figured out how to you know Blame. bring uh bring the light to the dark or the dark to the light to where he can, you know, get rid of the ad, the, the what is it, the, he, the white mechanic? Yeah. Here's the thing. He's just a big tormentor. That's yeah. it. <laughs> he has nothing unique. Yeah, here, here's the thing, like, too. While I was going through the campaign again, I was fighting the tormentors, and, like, they're so much worse than Ezrak because the thing is, is you actually have to shoot the shoulders off these tormentors, and then there's just this little hitbox in their stomach that they actually, that's it. That's all yeah. that you can shoot at. Now, Mind you, I, I do think that it would be really annoying if you only got to shoot his stomach mm. and you could, like, the damage fit. Like, what would you use for damage? Rock for is, right. I mean, he moves too much. Yeah. So I get that the, his whole body is damageable, but uh, at the same time, it's just like, it, he's not as scary as the Tormentors. He, he mm. just has, he has no flair either. He's yeah, just like, like the, oh, I got a big axe. I jump up. The other guy from Val, he's like, Rolk. he's awesome. Yeah, Rolk. He's like, roll around and he kicks you. Yeah, like, he's just like slowly walking towards you and he just swings a foot out. It's great. It's, I love man, it. so much better. So much better. He's got his arms behind his back. Mm -hmm. I think like of all things counters, so though. Personality. I don't I don't really have other things to compare it to. Uh, maybe maybe like Vog or Kingsfall or um, the bosses kind of just sit in one location. And I think I like that better. Just thinking of all just any raid that I've ever played in any MMO. The bosses usually don't move a lot. They just kind of sit in one location. And so it's really difficult in an FPS, especially trying to use rockets mm. for a boss to be directly in your face or like chasing you or like, so I, I don't know how much I enjoy both Nezarek or Ralk and how they move. Um, it but, definitely changes things. I mean, if you think about all the yeah. other raids that we do, like um, Riven doesn't move one Riven, spot. Yeah uh the um garden of salvation boss just yep. kind of stands there he and stands shoots there, yeah. in different directions like yeah. they move slightly but they're not like moving around or it makes it move. very difficult i mean you stun him and he doesn't move or doesn't move doesn't the move. sisters doesn't even move um dolgoroth hmm. he moves maybe that's sure, why i don't but... like him <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know it's i'm glad at that point it. It's not necessarily like how much damage you can do. It's how accurate you can be on the finicky spot that's jiggling around while you're trying to shoot one burst of something. 
Uh, and I think that's why uh, Thunderlord is is making a appearance in a lot of damage phases right now is because yeah. you honestly don't have to have too much aim. You just keep shooting at one location, and especially with a catalyst that allows you to, every time you shock the enemy, have ammo come from your reserve into your magazine. Like, it's it's a little overpowered, especially with the div where you're just constantly hitting crits. Yep. It's good stuff. Um... So yeah, all in all, I think I think uh, Rune of Nightmares was a good filler raid because mm-hmm. you know Lightfall is that filler game currently. Mm-hmm. Um, I well, it's you guys know it's filler because Lightfall was originally like part of the final shape. It was all one campaign drop, and then they split yeah. it up into two. Yeah, right. I think that's why there's so much filler in this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, we were also told that Witch Queen was supposed to have Strand, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, um. All in all, though, I've been having a great time. Uh, Red Borders has Red Border Weapons has opened up my eyes to uh, try, like the grind, basically. Um, uh-huh. So, uh, for instance, two weeks ago was Deepstone Crypt's uh, rotator. So that means you could basically farm repeatedly the dungeon over and over again, or the the raid over and over again. And so I did the last boss a couple times. That was very interesting because uh, the way we do it is uh, we we shoot off. Annex um, hoverboard balls on the left side than the right side, and we have to do like two phases of it. Uh, all the LFGs shoot off all four at the same time. Everybody runs, dunks, and it's the damage phase, one phased. So that was wow. really interesting to see. <laughs> um, another thing is uh, I have in the past played all three classes, so I you know I have some exotics for each of them. Uh, just so happens I have I, I forget the name of it right now, but the exotic for Thunder Crash. Um, uh, curious of the falling star yes so it adds damage to thunder crash and on uh ooh, what is the guy's name a tracks a tracks yeah on a tracks uh you can one face him by clearing out the bottom uh roaming to the top because the operator can shoot down the elevators roam to the top um one person calls out where he is three two one everybody thunder crashes you are now on final stand. The old person who has the observer uh, <laughs> saved his thunder crash so that he could just thunder crash the last one. And you get two chests out of it. And so I was able to grind uh, a shotgun and the sniper, red borders, uh, which the session is god tier. Um, and then the shotgun's kind of okay, but um, red, red borders have been really, really cool to go for. Uh, and so that is why I am currently about to do my third playthrough of Lightfall campaign because the red, red borders for uh neomuna are absolutely impossible to get uh basically the way you grind them is you keep going to the terminal overloads and you look around for a gold uh gold patrol yep if the gold patrol is there you do it and there's a chance to get a red border if there is not a gold patrol you go to uh liming harbor and look around if there's no gold patrol there you just repeat uh there is a guarantee for all the weapons though i believe um to get you for yourself to get a red border if you play through the campaign uh, three times. I don't know if you have to do it on legendary or hero. I played through on legendary just because why not? <laughs> yeah, might as well. Um, More fun. Yeah. So my warlock is all the way through, and I will do my titan later. Um, but yes, yeah, the real class. It's uh, it's been a fun time just kind of like grinding out these weapons and stuff like that. Um, also been. Grinding out different exotics and uh, showing a couple buddies. Uh, they they've never done raids before, and so I've been uh, texting Aaron and Alex every once in a while, and being like, "Hey, you guys want to, you know, run through Kingsfall, or you want to run through you know Ron, or whatever." So, yeah, uh, I think Last Wish is 
is what Aaron wants to run with him next. So, because it's so good, it's just <laughs> so good. I mean, it's not in the game, but I'm a Leviathan fan myself. Mm. I think it's my favorite. Yeah, I really wish it was still there. Hopefully, they unvault all that content and bring it back. We'll see. Maybe at some point. I'm oh, sure. and the last, the last thing I want to say is I got really into Trials for some reason because <laughs> oh it, the first weekend it came out, I was just trying to go play Trials for the Immortal, which is the Strand SMG, which is stupid the god tier SMG currently. Yeah. Um, Get that adept version. The, no, not yet. It's <laughs> it, it's uh the last week of Trials or that last week of the season trials will come back out with the immortal adept version again this week was uh whistler's whim so it was a bow so it was oh crap anyways Bleh. um i did not get flawless the first week and i did trials uh and I, I played a ton of iron banner and a ton of like competitive and just other crucible stuff uh and then a ton of trials this weekend and i believe that you know i kind of hit my stride and I won eight matches out of, or seven matches out of the eight that I played. Uh, and because I had a mercy card, that means that one loss is forgiven. I went flawless for the first time since 2017. <laughs> I remember when trials launched, you guys played the first weekend and you went flawless on your first attempt. I was so mad. <laughs> well, you guys have that freaking banner. I can't do this. <laughs> yeah, it's cool because I tossed the banner back on uh, the, the OG banner. Oh, and uh, the amount of comments I get on it when I go to LFG groups now, it's kind of cool. Um, <laughs> but I, I had stated that the reason I wasn't wearing it is because it was, I felt like it was imposter syndrome because like I, I hadn't gotten flawless in any of the crucible or the trials yeah. as of late. And it's like, am I actually a good PvP player? And, um, so yeah, toss it back on because I went flawless. I'm also nice. glowy. My armor's all glowy. Nice. nice. Uh, last but not least, Caleb. I've uh, just been playing a couple things other than what Alex mentioned. I've been playing um, the Brutal Orchestra. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Brutal Orchestra is a little roguelike game where you play as someone who just died and is in purgatory and is trying to escape. Uh, it's a tactical game. There's You can have up to five people in your party. You start out with three. And there's like five positions that you can constantly swap your people between and five positions for the enemies to murder you from. Um, It's got a cool mechanic. It calls pigment. So every action your characters use require pigment of specific colors, a specific number. So maybe like two blues and a yellow or three purples. And every enemy, their health bar is a certain color. And every time you deal damage to them, you get two pieces of that color of pigment. So there's a lot of tactics around who you attack first mm. on a round in order to get the pigment to use abilities you want to use later in the round. And uh, if combat goes on too long and you get more than 10 pigment, you start to overflow or you take damage every turn if you if you have more than 10 pigment. So you got to it's it's really interesting mechanics where sometimes you have to just attack empty space and waste your actions in order to get rid of pigment so you're not just murdering yourself as you're fighting a boss. Is there some like thematic element that's like ink related or something like why pigment or paint related i don't know why they picked pigment it's a um, weird decision for like i like i understand what you're saying it's like it's like an element essentially yeah but yeah. pigments i was like i yeah. immediately started thinking about ink bound or whatever that game's called right. i'm like yeah that's what that it just sounds like you're describing something that would be in that thoughts. game <laughs> i'm not sure why they picked pigment but um, it, it's a pretty cool mechanic. I, I beat I beat it uh, 
after a few runs. It wasn't too crazy hard, but there are a ton of characters you can unlock, so I imagine you could put a lot more time into it if you wanted to keep playing it. Cool. Uh, the last thing I've been playing is Dredge. Um, Dredge is a single-player fishing game. What? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not um, even fishing! <laughs> so you you wind up in this town on an island in an archipelago and you don't know how you got there uh, and you just start fishing in order to get some sort of income in order to pay off your debts for crashing your fishing boat there and kind of as you play a lot of sinister mysterious things start happening in the world very Lovecraftian in nature um, and there's there's quite a mystery to explore and you'll upgrade your ship as you uh, get more money so that you can uh, start dredging things like old treasures and old shipwrecks and stuff like that. Uh, and you need like specific rods to, ca- to cast in specific areas. You need like an oceanic rod when you're out in the middle of nowhere, and you need like uh, coastal rods when you're near near the island or stuff like that. And until um, the uh, Lovecraftian part, that sounded exactly like Animal Crossing. You know, you're stuck in a <laughs> random place, you don't know how to get there, and you got to fish to pay things off. Mm. Yep, this one's a lot darker. A lot darker. Mm. It's not. I wouldn't say it's like. No, Animal Crossing is pretty dark. <laughs> Have you met Tom Nook? He's gonna <laughs> stick a cat, kneecap you if you don't. That's true. Pay back your. Mortgage. He's the only dark part, though. Really, right? I, there's like one other character. It's kind of sinister, it seems. But, <laughs> um, it's it's pretty pretty good fishing mechanics in general. Uh, it's it's very focused around the fishing, and the mystery is uh, very much a background story bit um and you you're catching all these like weird kinds of fish right and as you as you get farther into the game you catch weirder versions and they they come in all sorts of weird shapes like an s or a u shape and you gotta put them into your ship cargo along with all of your rods and your nets and your crab pots and you gotta kind of play tetris in order to fit everything in so and you fill it all up, you have to go back and sell stuff. And um, it's just uh, a lot, it's got a really fun cycle of just going and fishing and maybe solving a mystery while you're there and then heading back to town, selling it off, upgrading your ship. Whoever designed this game really likes sepia. Just <laughs> really likes tonally sepia. They're mm-hmm. like, all right, all the colors we're going to make have to be within a shade of sepia. It's important. Mm-hmm. True. Uh, it is. It, I will say it is a chill game. It's not like hard. You're not being constantly attacked by sea monsters and stuff. Occasionally you do, um, if you're spending too much time out in the dark. But it's it's pretty chill. A lot of fun to just drive around and fish. Hmm. I highly recommend it. It's, I had a blast playing it. Cool. <laughs> cool. 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 I think that's it. Is that it, boys? Yeah, we can talk about Destiny some more if we really want. <laughs> I guess we could. I guess we could. Or we could play ATO. Or we that could sounds do that. Good too. <laughs> or we could do that. All right. Well, uh, thanks so much for joining us. We will be back in two weeks to tell you about all of the things we've done. I'm sure it's just going to be basically video games. And Chad will have another 150 hours of Destiny under his belt. <laughs> um, but uh, another yeah. flawless. Another flawless. <laughs> I, hey, I'm marking it. You better have another flawless. Yeah, it, trials would come before that. Yeah, right, okay. Yeah, all right, okay. All right, just checking, just checking. 
Okay. Anyways, thanks so much for joining us, and uh, we will catch you next time. See you. Bye. Bye. This week's podcast was edited by me, Aaron Juno. Other voices this week include Alex McCoslin, Chad McCoslin, Caleb Juno, and Owen Patterline. This week's music was again brought to you by Amer. You can check out his music on Spotify, or you can also check it out on soundcloud.com forward slash Amer. Additionally, you can check out everything that we do, We Are The Horizon, at our website, www.wearethehorizon.com. We have a lot of video posts as well as links to other content we've done in the past. You can also check out our new series, The Discordant Signal, a multi-arc Starfinder adventure, live on Twitch every Monday at 8 p.m. and then out on YouTube and whatever podcasting app you are using at 6 p.m. on Thursdays. Again, thanks so much for joining us and we'll catch you next time.